Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Wednesday. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh. I'm Anthony Stalter. Appreciate everybody joining us today. 203, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Jamie. Yes. With the Blues ready to take on the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight. Pre-game, don't forget, starting right here on 101 ESPN at 6 o'clock. Have we seen a full buy-in? from your St. Louis Blues in this recent stretch? Well, I feel like you have. I feel like you've seen... Actually, I I feel like you've seen the buy-in from game one. I mean, just because the offense didn't kick in right away, just because the power play wasn't working, it doesn't mean there wasn't Mm buy-in. And you you have to remember, let's go back to the offseason and talking about, well, one, you hired a new coach, um, and, and you changed your defensive structure in the defensive zone. You changed a few other things, too. And I feel like from day one, if nothing else, this team has bought into this defensive mindset and blocking shots and sacrificing of themselves and doing all this stuff. So now you're seeing kind of the fruits of your labor because the Blues have won four out of their last five. And their last, their recent victory was uh, just a walloping of the Colorado Avalanche, which was you know, kind of the icing on top of the cake there. But... Craig Berube talking about buy-in from his players and, and people, you know, guys kind of sacrificing of themselves. Here's what he had to say about it post-practice today. When your teammates are playing for each other and they're doing the little things out there, sacrificing, blocking shots, playing defense, you know, all those types of things, um, that just that's your you're building a team you're you know and the you know you can be all you you know close and all that stuff off the ice. You know, with your teammates, but if you're not doing those things on the ice, you know, you know, you you're not playing like a team on the ice, and we've been playing like a team on the ice with all those types of things. He's right. So you can have, you know, great chemistry of like, oh, you know, the guys hang out together and they do this and they do that. If the attitude on the ice doesn't match the attitude off the ice, then there's a disconnect. Still, mm-hmm. like we can be best friends off the ice and we can do it, but if day after day after day you're not pulling your weight as a teammate that relationship's going to get strained and it's going to carry over because when you're losing and things are going poorly and you have teammates or people that aren't doing their job or not committed to what they're doing that just creates a negative tension Um, you're not seeing that right now because guys are pulling their weight they're Mm -hmm. doing what they have to do they're blocking shots they're doing all these things you know i'll just use tory krug as an example wasn't getting any points to start the season power play was rough to say the least but he was playing 20 minutes a game in a more defensive role. He was blocking shots, playing well on the penalty kill, doing things that were out of character. And what do I always tell you? Find the guy who does something that's out of character when things are going poorly in a positive way. He's willing to do something different to help the team. Yeah. And I think you've seen that on a couple of different occasions from multiple players so far this season. So I just feel like watching them from day one to where they are right now, I feel like this team has bought into 
everything that the coaching staff is trying to get across to them. Yeah. And I think that it's paying off. Does it mean they're going to run the table? Does it mean they're going to win yes. a cup? <laughs> yeah. I hope so. Sure would be nice, Anthony. But I don't know, right? One thing that's a big part of this, too, is you're a, you have an identity line. Mm-hmm. You didn't have that for the last couple of years. You know, you, you thought you did, and you didn't. And then you circulated players in and out of there. You had the Dakota Joshua's, and you tried the Noel Achari. Noel Achari played very well for this team, but, you know, you didn't have other guys with him. Now you've got Sonny, you've got Blay, you've got Neighbors. That's pretty much your standard fourth line. And they're doing damage out there. They're doing damage physically. They're doing damage by blocking shots. And they're putting some pucks in the net, especially Oscar Sundquist. So Craig Bruby also talked about the fourth line today or the identity line after morning skate. Sonny and Blazer and Neighbors have been a real good identity line, in my opinion. And also they've, you know, scored some goals for us and, Obviously, Sonny on the on the penalty kill has done a good job, but you know that line's been a real good identity line, a forecheck line, a heavy line, and they're they're playing to that identity. Yeah, it's what you need. And the best part about this fourth line is you can put them out there against any line. Mm-hmm. Like they end up on the ice in Colorado against the Nathan McKinnon line. You're not worried. You're not sitting there sweating bullets, but you were when it was like no dis- disrespect to these guys, but you were kind of sweating with Nathan Walker and, and Dakota Joshua and Mackenzie McKecker and like when you couldn't figure out like at that point you're like just ice it somebody please help just clear it, clear it. there you go <laughs> there you go you got what you wanted you got your payoff yeah. there you go um, I'm just glad you knew where I was going with oh, that oh I knew yeah. I, I actually tried to not say it on just, purpose yeah but you saw the twinkle in my eye and you said you know I needed to I'm going to thro- throw him one <laughs> yeah so all of this together Again, this is a slightly above 500 team right mm-hmm. now, and there could be ups and downs. And I don't base the success, wins and loss-wise, on whether there's buy-in. Mm-hmm. Because you may be a less talented team, but you have full buy-in. At least what for me, what it does is it gives you a foundation to build off of for this year and next year and maybe years to come. Well, God forbid we let things settle in a little bit, right? <laughs> they got a new system. They have new players. They've, they're juggling things up, and we expected, maybe some of us, hit the ground running, game one. God forbid we allow the system to kind of, or the players within the system, kind of iron out some of the kinks early on. And they stop making sense. Come before on we jump, Marsh, to this team, same team as last year. Stop it's making stinks. sense. It stinks. Here we go. Same group. <laughs> Told you should have rebuilt. Trade Bennington to Edmonton. And you may it's still stop. end up saying this stuff. Maybe. Okay? I don't want to trade Bennington to Edmonton. It's going to happen, Marsh. Stop it. Did but, you read the reports? Oh, Anthony. I saw multiple it. tweets. They must be factual. Oh, yeah, they're for sure. All right. But you still, you still, as a fan, may have this emotional roller coaster all year. But if there's anything else that you can, if there's something you can pull away from it, is that this team's actually playing hard for each other. Mm-hmm. They may not win every game, but there's a difference between losing games because you don't have the buy-in, and we saw some of that last year. Yeah. And it didn't look good, and nobody liked it. And now, if you lose a game this year, but there's buy-in, for me, yeah, losing sucks. It's still a loss. But you can feel a little better that the team at least is trying to play as a team and play within the system. Well, Jamie, one thing that I've learned from you especially in your playing days, is that you have to play as hard on the ice as you do off the ice. <laughs> is that is true. something that Jamie Rivers yeah. has, 
has really instilled in us. It's a really good, yeah. really good message. Yeah, yeah, you gotta play hard. Yep. On and off the ice. Play hard now. Play hard later. That's right. <laughs> Jamie did it, and Jamie had a long career because of it. Yeah, probably could have been a lot better too. If well, I you know, a little bit less. By the way, <laughs> Anthony, that. Uh, we have multiple people on the Air Comfort Service text line trying to remind you what day it is. What day did I say? Wednesday? Maybe. Would you like a redo? Yeah. Wait, I didn't. Even did I say Wednesday? Yeah. I didn't even pick it up. It, I, I'll be honest. Wait, I thought it, it was Wednesday. <laughs> it isn't? I wish it was. You know why I think it's Wednesday? Because Jamie's Jamie's out tomorrow, and we're scrambling a little bit to find guy. And I I have asked a couple of people, hey, you want to join the show tomorrow? Mm-hmm. You know, it's wet. It's the Wednesday show. That's my bad. Let's do it. Again. I didn't even pick up on it. So. Mm. <laughs> Whoops. We'll give you a redo. That's my bad. Go ahead, Marsh. This is so ridiculous. I love it. You're going to be so confused. <laughs> Let's get nasty on a Tuesday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. And we have a great show for you, including coming up next, we're going to tell you why the moment, the moment that we knew the Buffalo Bills season and their, their championship window closed. It wasn't the loss of the Broncos. We'll tell you what it was next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So there was a moment over the last 24 hours where I thought to myself, hey, it's Buffalo Bills championship window. <laughs> yeah, puppy's, uh, that puppy's closed. And believe it or not, it wasn't last night when they lost to the Broncos. What? Yeah. That wasn't the worst for you? That wasn't the worst. What? It was bad. men on the field. It was bad. Don't get me wrong. <sighs> yeah, 12 men on the field after you with, with the Broncos kicker, Will Lutz, missing a field goal. Yeah. After missing an extra point earlier in the game. <laughs> And then another field goal, I think, too, didn't he? He missed two extra points and a field goal. That's what it was. Yeah. Yes. He had a he had himself a night. He had himself he a night. He left a hero. He left he, a hero. He did. He walked. What, what did they remember? The last The thing last kick, <laughs> man. It's not the first kick or the second or third. It's the last. Didn't see him get cut today. Nope. Now, believe it or not, it, it, the, the championship window, I thought, closed when they fired offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey. And this isn't even about Ken Dorsey because I like Joe Brady. I thought Joe Brady got a raw deal in Carolina. I like Tom Brady better. I know you like Tom Brady. Yeah, <laughs> Joe Brady though, no relation. Was we think co Yeah, who knows at this point? He was the co coordinator for that Joe Burrow led LSU team, the okay. one that was historic. He got hired by the Carolina Panthers. He was fired like midway through the year because they didn't like what he was doing. Carolina really hasn't figured it out since. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't think Joe Brady's the problem. I don't think Joe Brady was the problem in Carolina. I like Brady. I think he's one of those young guys that could be one of those next innovative offensive coordinators. So again, this isn't about Ken Dorsey, but Jamie, what happens when you really feel the heat as a manager or as a you know an appointed leader of the company, but not the owner? You really start feeling the heat. Yeah. When things start going sideways. You start looking for people to throw in front of the bus. 
Oh, yeah. That's what Sean McDermott did with what? Ken Dorsey. Ken Dorsey has not thrown an interception since his days at Miami. It's been a while for Ken Dorsey. Josh Allen's the one that's been throwing a, a bunch of interceptions. James Cook was the one that fumbled in the first play last night. It's not Ken Dorsey that's been turning the ball over. But when you start to go sideways, you start to look for people to throw under the bus. This is how I know this puppy is shut down. The yeah. Bills, there's no recovery here. The Bills are in a complete tailspin. Well, for this season, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, because you've already, when you fire personnel like that midseason, like I'm not talking about a special teams coach, or, I'm talking like your offensive coordinator. Right. You're tapping out. Yeah, if you if you fire the janitor, you're like found the problem. Yeah, it was him. Okay, but I wonder if it had something to do with the play calling. I wonder if it had something to do with the offensive packages that were leading to some of these poor decisions or poor uh, play by mm-hmm. Josh Allen. Like if Josh Allen's not grasping the system or it's set up for failure, and then he's trying to put the square peg in the round hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know enough. Obviously, I'm not in the in the locker room. I've never coached football. Never right. played quarterback in the NFL. So, yet. Um, but still time. Still, still Zach Wilson's there. Yeah. So I mean, there's hope. But <laughs> but I just wonder. Can you put? Can you maybe put blame on this? Like maybe Sean McDermott woke up. It was like, what the hell have we been doing? This is what we've been doing. Mm-hmm. That was planned. Who's, Get who's, out of my office. Whose fault is that though? Well, it's his fault ultimately, Absolutely. but he's not going to fire himself. No, and you can't fire Josh Allen. No, oh no, you can't. So, and I don't know if you'd want to. I know he's not. I know he's the turnover machine this year, but mm-hmm. when you look league wide, like he's still a pretty high end quarterback. The the Bills' problems are turnovers on offense, and you lost three studs on defense. That's your problem. It hasn't been. It hasn't looked right since since that win over Miami, where they blew him out. It has been a slog since that point. But Sean McDermott screwed up with the schedule going out to London. Remember that whole deal? Oh. Where he's like, listen, guys, we're going to stay up all night. Uh, then we're going to practice, and your body clocks are going to be great. Josh Allen was huffing coffee never, for 48 hours, what? even though the guy's never had coffee before in his life. He's I, like, I was just drinking it. You screwed that up. <laughs> you lost to the Jaguars. You should have lost to the Giants at home as a 16-point, 15-and-a-half-point favorite. Should have lost that one outright to Tyrod Tyra Taylor and company. You do lose to a bad Broncos team. It's a mess. Sean McDermott's going to McDermott's going to lose his job when this is all said and done. If the, if the Bills do not make the playoffs, I firmly believe that. I think that this is the start of it. He's got, he, he had his fall guy, but once you, once you use the fall guy, that's it. You can look. You can start looking for other people to throw off the off the Titanic, but at some point they're going to look at you. Yeah. So you got you get one Spider Man style. You get one. <laughs> if they if they don't make the playoffs, Jamie, I'm, I think that he's he's on his way out, and the Bills look to regroup because wow. Josh Allen Josh Allen has saved this team. Well, jo- Allen and Diggs have saved this team for the most part. Let's take a look at this just for a second because going to go to the record game I, or the schedule game. I'm looking. Oh, I'm looking at the division, and the only reason I'm doing this because Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show today saying that he's going to be back by Thanksgiving. Yeah, okay. Who knows, man? Who knows if he is? 
did the Jets have a chance to catch the Bills? And I don't think so, but right now it's like a one-game difference. They play head-to-head, so that that won't help them. But then, man, look at the schedule for the Bills here. They go to the Jets. Oh, no, the Jets go to them, and then they go to Philly, Kansas City. Then they've got the Cowboys and the Chargers. I guess they got some serious teams here. They're not making the playoffs. Like I said. They're not. You can't beat the Broncos at home. Yeah, you're you can barely players. beat the Giants at home. You think you're going to beat the Chiefs? You think you're going to go down to Miami after what you did to Miami at home when you were at full strength? Then you're going to go down to South Beach and they, they're, they're not going to have something for you? The Bills aren't going to make the playoffs. The team that benefits, I think, the most in the AFC from this is the, is the team that screwed up on Sunday. That's the Bengals. If you look at how things play out, I know a lot of people still want to believe that the, that the Jets could squeeze in because Aaron Rodgers will eventually come back. Aaron Rodgers coming back and Aaron Rodgers being effective are two different things. Well, And how far out of it will you be by that? Absolutely. Yeah, that's the problem. So you look at the AFC North. You know, the Houston Texans also could benefit here too with the Bills slide. The Houston Texans are 5-4. and four. The Browns are 6-3. and three. The Bengals are 5-4. and four. Oh, you're talking in the wild card talking race. Talking about the yeah. wild card race. You know, you look at you look at that group, the teams that really you, nobody expected them to do much this year, Texans especially. If the Bills collapse, further collapse, and they're out of it, I, those are the teams that I'd be looking for in the AFC. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think it's done. I think the Bills are done. Donnie Fandango, I apologize. Your your Bills are done. I saw Donnie today, and um, I'm glad I'm glad someone saw him. Well, you know, normally normally. Like, I'll, if we see each other, he, Donnie and I, I mean, instantly, we have that football connection. He, he starts going, yeah, let me, let me say something. Probably the same thing with you and the Blues, with Donnie. He didn't say anything, which is terrifying for me. <laughs> I looked at Donnie. I wait. I paused because I'm like, hey, this is a, that was a rough loss last night. You brought it up first? I didn't bring it up. I thought he was going to. Yeah. He, he didn't say a word. He didn't want to talk about it, Anthony. Which, for Donnie, to not like vent and get that off his chest. Yeah. I wonder if somebody is laying in a pool of his own blood right now, not knowing what just happened. Oh, it's in play. It's in play for sure. In fact, Donnie and I were leaving um, at the same time yesterday. And uh, <clears throat> we are talking about the Bills and the Monday Nighter. And mm-hmm. I said, we, he's like, oh, I don't know about my Bills team, you know, blah, blah. And I said, ah, they got this tonight. They'll, oh, they'll win tonight. Oh, boy. I go the Matt, and then he goes, yeah, but how will they win? Like, will it be ugly? You know, I don't know. Just not mm-hmm. not confident in him. Like, ah, Donnie, don't worry, they'll beat the friggin' Broncos. <laughs> I haven't seen Donnie today. If <laughs> you avoid, you just avoided him. I'm kind of like, oosh. Yeah, I did this to you. <laughs> and speaking of winning, congrats to Jamie for winning the tiebreaker. Yes, thank or, you. Or at least in his mind. In his mind, he did. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you have more points, that's bad. <laughs> You're supposed to have fewer points. This isn't golf. Yeah, oh, that, th- my rule book is different. I know, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, was sitting with my lawyer this morning. Yeah, discussing the Pick'em Challenge, uh-huh. and he was excited mm. for me that I won. Nope. So that he'd be happy to go to bat for me. <laughs> that text this morning was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, uh, Jamie will be getting shot. <laughs> Jamie will get shot. <laughs> How long did it take you guys to figure out, like, 
He's screwing around, or like I, right away, I or knew. were you like? I knew right away. That's why I, I, I didn't. I, well, I hadn't looked at the score yet. So he's like, yeah. "Yeah, I won," and I'm like, "Oh crap! I need to go look at the score." I texted the score. Yo, oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. Let's go back. Jamie can read it. It's funny, and uh, I said uh, nine fifteen this morning. I go, "Okay, so who's getting shot today?" Because mm-hmm. one, I can never log in anywhere yeah. except for here at work. That's, and that's t- typical Jamie as it is. He's like, "I want to know, <laughs> but I can't log in." <laughs> I can't so log I in. have to text Marsh and Anthony. And I, I had no idea how the tiebreaker works, anyways. Right. So Anthony texts back, Marsh plus eighty eight, Jamie plus eighty four. I respond with, "Great, I won." <laughs> Marshy puts a cringy face, and I go, sorry, Marshy. <laughs> I double down on it. Then Anthony goes, uh, Marsh won. But somehow I think you already knew that. <laughs> That's not the way I see it. <laughs> then I did go to the lawyer. Yeah. Say, my lawyer's here. He's happy to litigate for me. Yeah, Anthony sure. said he'd be my lawyer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what have you got to lose? Seriously. I do pretty well and prove me wrong. You do. I mean, That's my, true. my record... My record's pretty good and proved me wrong. It's, mm-hmm. so, it's very good. So, I'll All be getting right. shot twice at some point. Yes, sir. Yes, you will. Um, so Jamie's got, yeah, Jamie will face his punishment. Mm. Jamie Jamie with a, a very kind request, which we will honor. Uh, Jamie said, hey, when you shoot today, back up a little bit. Just a bit. Just a bit. He's not trying to avoid the pain. No. What he is trying to avoid is a hole oh, in his suit pants. My suit pants. Because he's got Blue's TV coverage tonight. Imagine two big holes right in the ass cheeks. Yeah. It's like, what the hell happened to Riv? What I said, though, was if we allow Marsh to shoot, you oh, don't yeah. have to worry about it because you'll probably take two to the head. Probably get hit in the back of the head. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing Marsh. Yep. All right. It's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Uh, this, this incident, but hey, boy. There is something going on in sports right now where Jamie and I were talking about this in the office. We were like, how? Why? How? We'll get into it next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Uh, Jamie, you and I were chatting about this in the office. You and I both saw this story earlier today and I think you and I had the same reaction so a man has been arrested on suspicion of manslaughter in the Adam Johnson death if you don't know about Adam Johnson he's a former NHL player 
that tragically passed away after his skate slashed him. And now there's an arrest more than two weeks later since police began investigating the incident that led to Johnson's death. And he was playing for the Nottingham Panthers in the Elite Ice Hockey League when, again, the skate went across his throat. Jamie, I don't... You're going to have to help me out on this one. I feel like you're opening up Pandora's box with something like this. This was... this. There's no, there was no intention. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy that occurred. And unfortunately, in life, there are tragedies. Why impact two lives when there was no sort of intention here to kill Adam Johnson? I, I don't know. I, I don't get this one at yeah. all. I mean, we're led to believe there was no intention. Okay, so let's just be clear here. I don't have access to the police files Mm -hmm. of what they've discovered or uncovered. I I just can't fathom with my clear sanity right now that Matt Petgrave, the other player who is currently in custody, purposely kicked Adam Johnson in the throat. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that to be the case. Now, here's where it gets – here's where it got me kind of – a lot of questions in my head today because under the law of manslaughter it's you know you're not wanting to kill someone so it's either you know you you, you intended to injure but not kill mm-hmm. or you intended to not injure but ended up killing them at all you know what i mean like yeah. the umbrella with the manslaughter charge is rather large which is which is to me very difficult now to navigate because if, if that's the case, now this is a very unique, tragic situation. And, and I don't even know if Adam Johnson's family, if they would be happy right now that this, this player is arrested or not. I, I don't know. They're still grieving and going mm-hmm. through their processes. So you know, I'm not going to drag the family into this at all, saying that this is what they want. But it led me down the road of, like, every infraction that happens on the ice or on the football field, that's a penalty. So let's say... I'm playing hockey, you're playing against me, you cut across the ice, and I elbow you in the face. Mm -hmm. I get a two-minute penalty for elbowing, but I break your jaw, and maybe you have concussions and your season's over, maybe your career's over. Who knows? Does that leave me exposed to be charged with assault? Because I'm not really playing ice hockey, I broke the rules. Mm -hmm. So elbowing's not part of ice hockey. Right. So now can I be charged with assault? We talk about... Multiple sports now. Anytime there's an infraction and someone gets seriously injured, can they be charged? Because beforehand, the Todd Bertuzzi thing was unique. That was a lawsuit. It They didn't press charges to my knowledge. I know they talked about it. But I don't know, man. I'm just blown away. I don't know what the solution is for this. And again, I don't believe that Matt Petgrave purposely kicked Adam Johnson in the throat, let alone have the intention of uh, of taking his life at that point. Yeah. How do you feel? Like, I look at it, you know, like the Cowboys player now. I forget his name, the linebacker for the Cowboys whose season— Van, Van Der Esch. Yeah, His season's over, could be career-ending. Can he turn—can the law now charge Williams with assault? Yeah. I don't know. What I don't know doing. enough. I don't know enough about the law and like what what protections there there are in in the in the case of like you know athletics. What I do know, J- Jamie played hockey for a long time. 
how difficult would it be to intend to do something like this? Well, in, in a play, it would be. And look, it, I've watched the video today, and they have a very cleaned up version of it. Yeah, it doesn't look great. It doesn't look great. But the fact that you know this was a a kick up in that area that I mean that's on the player. He can't. He's got to be in control of his body. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. Like, technically, is it manslaughter? Yes, it is. It is because. He made a reckless, dangerous play that resulted in someone's death. Mm -hmm. Was it intentional? I don't believe it to be, but it doesn't change the result. Right. So it's it's no different than, I shouldn't say it's no different. I would compare it because I'm not a legal person here. Yeah. So don't take, full disclaimer, okay, I'm not a lawyer. You Mm -hmm. should know that by now if you're listening. But if you're driving a car and you drop your phone, and you reach down to grab it quickly, and you run someone over. Yeah. You didn't intend to do it. Mm-hmm. You may not even realize you did it, but they're dead. Mm-hmm. It's the definition of manslaughter. Right. So, again, both incidents are, are definitely under the umbrella. Yeah. I just don't know if we're opening up a whole new discussion towards future injuries and what players can do and if local police can start to get involved on all of these. Because what would be stopping, let's say it's Chicago, we're in Chicago, the Blues-Blackhawks, big rivalry. Somebody for the Blackhawks gets in, injured on a dirty play. What's to stop the Chicago police from then pressing charges mm-hmm. or go, going after player X, Y, or Z? If there's no laws in place, nothing. I don't know. If there's no laws protecting players in that regard. Look, I will say this. If there was intention, then if there was intention to do harm, okay, then 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 there needs to be a prosecution here. Of course. You know? It's going to be very difficult, I think, to prove whether or not there was intent. And maybe that's, that, that, that is why the police got involved. Maybe and they know trying... something we don't. Maybe. Yeah, I, maybe. Maybe they've got text like, messages I, that we don't know. There's that, a text message that says, hey, hey, if I get close, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I'm going to kill this guy. Whoa, yeah. no, that's it. You're gone. Right. You know? We get a text message here from the 314. We get a lot of text messages, and I appreciate everybody's opinions on this because this is unprecedented territory. Mm-hmm. Okay, but this one I have to address. He says he has a history of kicking guys, and he's known as the dirtiest player in the league. Why are you protecting this goon? Stay woke, I guess. Stay woke? Okay, whatever, bro. I'm not protecting him. I'm I'm not even... My discussion today has very little to anything to do with Matt Petgrave. Nothing. I'm talking the sports industry in its entirety. Every sport. And what penalties can lead to, what injuries or deaths can lead to. like That's what I'm talking about. And with, if he was the dirtiest player in the league, all of this is information that I'm sure the police have taken into consideration. And this is why they've gotten to the, the result that they're at. So defending him? Absolutely not. I thought it was a scumbag play. By the way, woke, you would be the one that would be woke in that, <laughs> in that scenario. I wasn't going to go there, Anthony. I wasn't going to go there, but... If we're protecting somebody that you feel as though attempted to create murder, you would be the one that would be woke under the definition of woke. Because you would be the one that would be bringing up an injustice. What the hell are you talking about? We're not defending anybody. We're, we're, we are presenting this because this is, to me, when I saw that, it, it, it was eye-opening. I was shocked by it. To Jamie's point, maybe they have something else, 
that would lead them to believe that this man should be charged for it. If that's the case, you just heard me say, go for it. These are tough combos. So we got a couple people on here that claim they're lawyers, and I believe them. I have no reason not to. Please, let's hear from them. Uh, from the 217 says, I'm a lawyer, and Jamie, you're pretty much on point. Reckless or negligence can be enough for criminal charges, such as manslaughter. Intent is used for murders, battery, etc. If you play a sport, you accept some dangers, but not those beyond what is within the normal scope of play. Normal for sense. the UFC is not the same as hockey and is not the same as bowling. It's a great comment. It's yeah. a great text. But that's my point, though. And somebody said, oh, the prosecutor would have to get involved. It's not the police. Just because I said the police would arrest you doesn't – I know how it works. But what if the local prosecutor has it out for a team or he thought he deemed it to be a really malicious play? I just think this is a really gray area. Mm-hmm. And it's not just for hockey. And trust me, again, it's not about Matt Petgrave and the Adam Johnson tragedy. It's not about that. It's about should we open up this to interpretation yep. moving forward or do we just let the sport handle itself? I don't know. Like another example, like what Miles Garrett did a few years ago, swinging, swinging his helmet on like Mason that, Rudolph. Yeah, on Mason Rudolph. Like that's not a football play. So right. if there were serious injuries there, that's another example. He could have like, easily been charged for that. Yeah. Right. That, I mean, that's, that's assault yeah. with a weapon, basically. Right. So the, again, so Marsha, you're right. So on point. Like so, what happens? That's there? the bigger discussion. Is like where yeah. where is this going to lead sports into? I think it goes to what the what the lawyer texted him, what Jamie read off. There are certain things that, within the confines of the sport, are, you know, deemed okay mm-hmm. within the confines of the sport. Taking off your helmet, and using it as a weapon, using your skate as a weapon—that that they would that that shouldn't be protected. So I think that was the the best texts that we yeah, got through. The best some comments, great ones, by the way. There's a lot of people that are that are, are chiming in for lack of better words, and they've got good opinions and it. it but that's what this is about. This whole segment, this whole conversation is about just opinions because we don't have hard facts on anything, whether it's the rules, what they figured out, why they, he was arrested, and what moving forward, how it's going to look. All right, let's do uh, NFL stock market, buy, sell, hold next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. NFL stock market buy, sell, or hold with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stoltz. Here's Andrew Marsh. Yeah, guys, yesterday we got a sports sports six-pack question asking about the six-win teams and which teams we thought were the best out of all of those teams in the NFL. So we're going to do six-win teams today in our buy, sell, or hold NFL stock market. You you creative little son of a gun. You all grown up right in front of us. So let's start off with the AFC. Let's go with the Miami Dolphins buy, sell, or hold. Ooh. Um, I'm buying. Hmm. I'm buying. You know I bought low at the start of the year. I know, Anthony, but that's a boring way to do it. You just take a team that's crappy and you buy because, well, that's the best time to do it. I'll buy again. Everybody's down on the Dolphins, right? Well, they should be. Most of their wins have come against crap teams. All of their wins have come against crap teams. And guess what, Jamie? They got the Raiders, the Jets, the Commanders, the Titans, the Jets, all on the docket. 
before they take on the Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills. Yeah. So they got a bunch of crap teams coming up. So now it's time to buy buy even more yeah. for the Dolphins because they're going to make a deep run here. Bills stink. Jets stink. Patriots are awful. <laughs> Dolphins are, Dolphins are going to have this division wrapped up in about, I'll give them three weeks. So that's why I'm going to buy is based upon what I watched last night from the Buffalo Bills and the Jets and the Patriots. I, there's no threat to the Dolphins losing this division. No. So I'm going to buy based on that. Not because I believe in them, because I think the other teams are so bad. <laughs> That's fair. I do believe in them. Oh. I just don't believe in them to win a Super Bowl. I don't believe in them you to win them to an go to the Super Bowl. I did not. I picked the Ravens, and you know it. I think Marshy picked them, didn't he? No, no, no. I no, picked no. the Bills. Yeah. Do you oh, pick the Bills to go terrible. to win the Super Bowl or to go to the Super Bowl? No, I have them just in the Super Bowl. Who's your NFC team? The Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly? Sure. Uh, All right. So... All right, you guys are buying the Dolphins? Yes. Uh, yes. I'll buy them, too. I'll, I'll buy the Dolphins. Uh, the Steelers, buy, sell, or hold? Um, hmm. I'll hold. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm going. Hang on. I want to look. Well. I'll hold. They got uh, the Browns and the Bengals coming up. Yeah, but then they've got the Cardinals, the Patriots, and the Colts. True. Then they have the Bengals, Seahawks, Ravens. Yeah. yeah. I'm an, I'll hold for now. You win if you split one of these next two games, both on the road. I'll start to buy you. They again. just don't have a quarterback. That's my problem. Like they're starting to run the ball better, though. They are, and that's typical Pittsburgh Steelers football. That's like what you think of. For me, primarily, I think of the Steelers as like an in-your-face run the ball, game. play defense. Yeah. Yep. But I still wish they had a guy who could play quarterback. Be nice. <laughs> Sorry, Kerry. But if they get if they get the I ball, I have Kerry Davis rather than old. Little hands there. Kerry could probably sling it. Kenny Pickett only has six touchdowns this year, but he only has four interceptions. Yeah. So he's not turning the it's ball not, over all that That's much. not great, no. though, Marshy. He's got only about? two more touchdowns than interceptions. I had to go to the second page to find <laughs> Kenny Pickett when it comes to interceptions. He's also not throwing. He's and not also tell you he's not throwing a ball like into tight windows at all. That's the thing about interceptions. They're not all created equal. Like, if you're Josh Allen... He's turning the ball over at a rapid rate, but there are some interceptions that, you know, you take you're taking your shots. But if you only have four with six touchdowns, you're also not slinging it at all. He has three passes that have been forty plus yards or more. That's it on the season. Three, three. Yes, yeah, not good. as long as seventy two. <sighs> How many does Patrick Mahomes have? In comparison. Jordan Love will take more shots than Kenny Pickett. And nobody nobody likes Jordan Love as a quarterback. Patrick Mahomes only has four. He only has four 40 yards? Four 40 yards. Wait, is that who? completions or attempts? This is completions. Okay. 40 plus. Do you have the attempt, attempts? He doesn't have anybody who runs downfield anymore. That's true, too. Uh, I, can't see the point, attempts. I can't see the attempts on this page. Right. I will say the, lo- the, the leader... In 40-plus yard passes, uh, completed from Horace Derek Carr with seven. Wow. Wow. And then Tua. Is, That's a conundrum. Is, is it air yards of 40, 40 or more? It just says 40-plus. Like, That's okay. what I'm just on passing on player stats on NFL.com. I wonder if Derek... Not the advanced stats, but... I yeah. wonder if Derek Carr has like, ten, like a couple of 10-yard dump-offs that went for 40. I mean, he had a few like long passes in the first couple of weeks to ice some of those games. Yeah, true. He's a good quarterback. I've always told you guys that.
I don't remember that. Hmm. Uh, let's do one from the uh, from the NFC here. Let's go with the Seahawks. Buy, sell, or hold. Sell. I haven't been. A, I, I'm just not. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Yeah, of but this, are you I letting think, are you letting your hatred get in the way of logic? <laughs> I don't even hate the Seahawks. And so have I. Absolutely. So yeah. like I get. I'm like I don't. I'd rather die than cheer for that team. The, Aaron Rodgers, that whole thing. Yeah, I'll give you that. The Seahawks. They've he just done doesn't nothing. like, like a football wow. team. I like Pete Carroll. I like their uniforms. I love DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I don't think that Geno Smith is playing well this season at all. I don't know how they have six wins, quite frankly. I don't know. They're I, average. They're an average team that that is six and three right now. I don't know how it looks for them here. They got the Rams this upcoming week, so I think that looks like a win. But then here's is, their is, schedule. Is Stafford playing? Because the Rams give them problems. But here's the schedule after the Rams. Niners. Niners, Cowboys, Niners, Eagles. Oh, they're screwed. Sell. That's good for my Vikings. I'll take that. Your yeah. Vikings don't even need the Seahawks to lose. Your Vikings are winning out, baby. They might. Okay, let's slow down. They now. might. They got. They got. I'm actually cheering for the Vikings. Yeah. I understand that, but I don't like it. Why don't oh, you? He's that guy. He's that guy. Superstitious. You can't cheer for my team. No, Only no, I can score the Vikings. No, I'm not protective over you? the That's team. Awful. Now, now watch the juju I put on them. I you have to watch. eat. I have to no. eat 24 waffles yeah. at the end of the season. That's and a you your team. Even, that's you a your team problem. Your team has enough problems. Anthony, watch what we do to his team now. Oh, I got him. No, you guys didn't believe at the beginning of the season. Jamie, I got him 10th in my Stalter stack up this week. There we go. There it is. See how this works, Marshy? They're not 10. You want to play that way? They're either 9th or 11th. We can play that way. Jamie, Anthony, tell them rule number one. Uh, Nobody's safe. That's right. We're not doing the Stalter stack up this week. Oh, we are. (laughs) I need a win. We are. I'm going to keep them 10th all year long. The Broncos are rolling right now. That's the cursed spot. That is the cursed spot. Even if they lose the next three, they're 10th. 10th. You know I got 10th, boys? You did this to you. That's correct. Oh, this is like Anthony jumping off the Lions bandwagon, isn't it? I, w- I didn't jump off the Lions bag. No, it was worse. He tried to sewer the ja- team. Jamie threw me off. Yeah, head first, too. Yes. Get the hell off my train. I hit it again in the head. <laughs> <sighs> Shouldn't have said anything. It's not hurting anymore. That's probably a problem. Mm-hmm. Is that no. it? That's no, it. we have a few others, but... What, are we up against it? We're up against it. What are you Plus, paying? I don't want to bring up the Cowboys and... How about them we already Cowboys? brought up the Vikings, the Browns. Eh. I'm buying the Vikings. I'm buying the Cowboys. I'm holding on the Browns. Who else? We got the 49ers. Bye. Bye. Yeah. All day long. <laughs> All day. It's like buying Apple stock. Yeah. <laughs> Just I don't buy. care if it's expensive. Oh, it dipped a little bit. Bye. Bye. All right. How big of a factor is the fourth line as the identity line for the team? Jamie and I talked about this a little bit early on, but we'll dive into a little bit more next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time check is brought to you by Collection Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. We talked about this earlier in the show, but Jamie, it is it is an important aspect of the Blues right now because of, I don't know, the way they won the Stanley Cup. Now, how's a different fourth line? I get that. 
I yeah, get to I get Alexander. Handle, I can handle Alex Steen yeah. and Barbie on my fourth line right but now. But the way that she, if you just like look at this from, you know, a, from a general perspective, the way that Chief has utilized his fourth line in the past, I think it's I think it's vital that the fourth line has an identity. And this Blues team, as you mentioned before, this fourth line certainly does have an identity. It's built. It's it's kind of that built-in identity that that line during the cup, forget who was on it, also had. Hey, we're going to mix and match against anybody, including your top line. Go yeah. get them, boys. Anthony, this, this fourth line, it's like putting a guarantee on the outside of the box, you know? It makes you feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside, you know? Like, yeah, but you can slap a guarantee on any side yeah, of the you box. you can, but it doesn't make you feel this way. Yeah, you know? guaranteed piece of crap. Yeah, What did you just call them? That's what I'm saying. That's what you're calling them. No, I'm not. I'm going in the other direction, but, man, you're feisty today. <laughs> um, no, all jokes aside, Tommy Boy put over to the side, too. Uh, it's best. That's one of the best lines, though. <laughs> because all of a sudden, the change is missing off the drought, the, off the dress, and your daughter's knocked up. I've seen it all before. <laughs> it's great. It's great. There's nothing to do with the Blues fourth line. Thank no, it goodness. doesn't. No, no, good call on that. But uh, look, Oscar Sundquist to me was the game changer in this. We talked about it in the offseason before he re signed with the Blues. And we talked about how he could possibly change the look of the forward group, and he has. I mean, guys, not only do they love Sonny, he's an amazing dude. He's a great teammate. He blocks shots. He's laying guys out, and he's showing some real offensive upside this year, scoring goals. And that play he made to Bucci on Saturday night in Colorado, that's not an easy play. He's coming in on his offhand, and to pass it to where Bucci was, the defenseman's stick was in the way. So Sonny loads up the shot, pulls it back to the backhand, and slides it just in front, and Bucci gets the goal. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of stuff that has made the difference for the Blues. And that fourth line has made a difference. And we played this audio earlier, but I want to hear it again because Craig Berube, as we know, he loves his identity lines, and he had some really good things to say about this group. Sonny and Blazer and Neighbors have been a real good identity line, in my opinion, and also they've, you know, scored some goals for us. And obviously, Sonny on the on the penalty kill has done a good job, but you know that line's been a real good identity line, a forecheck line, a heavy line, and they're they're playing to that identity. What I love about this fourth line is they all play a real heavy game. Mm-hmm. They're not afraid to run you through the boards, block shots, do all that stuff. Hell, they'll throw down if they have to. Sure. But they're all offensively gifted, too. Let's not forget that. You know, Sammy Blay had a great run to the second half of last season, so much so that you're like, wow, this guy can score goals. Yeah, he scored a lot of goals in junior, real good player in the minors. Jake Neighbors was a top scorer on his team. So these guys have the ability to bring some of the offense to the table as well, which is great because your fourth line now doesn't have to just be out there eating up clock time. Yeah. You know, just hoping you don't get scored on. They don't have to do that. This line can keep the other team off the scoreboard and at the same time apply pressure physically and offensively. We got a text from the 330. The fourth line this year has been awesome. A real strength of the team. I love watching them play. They play hard. They forecheck and backcheck. They're, uh, they've been great. Huge improvement over the last two years. They bring energy. They create scoring opportunities. Sorry for ha- for hijacking the segment. Nice show. Let's go Blues. Well, they're you're right. Hij- you're, hold on. You're always welcome, man. Yeah, the, the water's always warm. Yes. 
Thanks to Anthony. Um, it's the people. It is. But no, the, the texture brings up something, too, that kind of jarred my memory or my brain is that whenever the fourth line goes out there and does something positive, they block a shot, they have a great back check, a big hit, a goal. I can tell you this. The bench becomes electric. Mm-hmm. Those guys are beloved by their teammates. And when they get out there and they do something positive for the team, the boys are up. You know, they're banging the boards, they're yelling at the guys, they're hyped up because Sonny has a big block shot. Jake Neighbors runs somebody over. Sammy Blay dusts out the goalie. Like, whatever it is, right? It's amazing. It's it's like cheering for the underdog in any kind of a sporting event. And the reference is because... Like Michigan. Yeah, America's team. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but whenever you have the guys on the fourth line who are not expected to do, you know, massive things, when they do things, it motivates the group. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I like the identity line this year for the Blues. I like what they're bringing to the table. Um, and overall, I think the, the attitude of the, the team has been, you know, work hard first, mm-hmm. worry about individual second. Well, that, Craig Berube has sent that message throughout. He sent that message throughout training camp. He sent that message throughout the preseason. He has sent that message through, oh, I don't know, some of the decisions to sit certain players, yeah. uh, healthy could scratch he certain guys. Probably. He probably could, but I think that he has been measured, and I love the way that Chief has discussed to the media doing it his way and not just like a year ago saying, all right, the, the, the men in the room will figure it out. I think he has the faith and the trust in his players, but if he if he needs to send a message, he's going to do it this year. And if you're not playing the way that he has laid out the vision for Blues hockey, that cliched but cliched for a reason 200-foot game, mm-hmm. you're going to find yourself in the press box. So I, I like the way that he has handled this and how the players have responded. The head coach has to be the captain of the ship. You can have everybody else doing their jobs correctly, but when it comes time to make important decisions, you have to be the leader. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know Craig Berube, like a lot of coaches, they're ever-evolving. If you're not, you're screwed. Get out of the business. Because if you don't continue to evolve because of certain situations or the way things are trending or certain players, then you're probably not going to be around for very long. And I think what Craig Berube learned last year from him – openly saying it to us, members of the media, is that he waited too long to interject himself as far as some of the decisions and handling some of the things that were going on and that he wouldn't do that again. Right. And so that self-reflection, that tells me that I've got a head coach that's aware of what he does right and what he can improve on. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of head coaches are so egotistical that every decision they make is the right one, even when it's the wrong one. Sure. And Chief is not like that, and it just goes back to his time as a player, the way he was. He was always accountable out well, there. Well, pride gets in the way. Yeah, oh, you yeah. Know, pride gets in the way for me, a lot. You're prideful. You want to do it a certain way. You believe that it's going to work. And then when the evidence is there that it's not working, you let pride get in the way and say, no, it's going to, it's going to work. Pride messing with you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But not not for Chief. Not for not for those that are intelligent and unemotional 
when they're trying to get something accomplished. So good on him. Good on the players. Things are rolling right now. Blues lightning tonight. Pre-game starting at 6 o'clock. No kidding. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. By the way, if you got a Blues-related question, you can always send it in the Air Comfort Service text line at 314-399-9646. we got Blues cues coming up at the bottom of the hour. So 3.30, got some time to send in your Blues-related questions. We're going to play Are You Sold next. you got to get the boys to buy. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fastlane here on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers here. Anthony Stalter rattling the airsoft gun behind me, trying to intimidate me. And Andrew Marsh working the dials. It's time for Are You Sold? All right, gentlemen, are you sold on Jakub Verana's play since being healthy scratched? Hmm, good question. Uh, yeah, mm. You know who I think is playing really well? I think Colton Pareko is playing really well. I think Jordan Bennington has been off the charts. I love Tory Krug's play of late. Pavel Buchnevich, boy, it's nice to have him in the lineup again. I'm sold on these guys, that's for sure. The captain, Braden Shen. Love that uh, that he's tickled the, the twine recently. Tickled the heck out of it. Dude. And Robert Thomas, boy, he's been off the charts. So yep. I am sold on that group. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Marsh. I'm just going to go ahead and move on to the next question. Are you sold on this being Bill Belichick's last season in New England? Oh, this is spicy, as the kids say these days. Did you see the uh, statement that Dan Orlovsky made? No. What did your favorite human being say today? Well, Dan Orlovsky said that, um, let me grab it here. I don't want to mess up Dan's quotes because, you know, he's a real smart guy Mm -hmm. and uh, me not so much. And, uh, yeah, maybe I didn't. uh, Oh, I sent it to Marshy. Okay, here's what he says. Dan Orlovsky said that he has heard that Patriots head coach Bill Belichick will be the coach slash GM for another team next season and that he's heard the location has already been determined. How? He knows something. He knows something. Uncle Bill's moving. The only team right now with a head coaching vacancy is the Las Vegas Raiders. Can you imagine if he went in there and cleaned up McDaniel's mess? He probably would. (laughs) I mean, GM, though, that's the tough part. Yeah. Well, there's also, you can't forget here, too, is you could, like other teams could be moving on from certain coaches. Yeah, right. Brandon Staley could be gone. He just doesn't know it mm-hmm. yet. Um, Ron Rivera could be gone. He just doesn't know it yet. Like, Bill Belichick we're with, with Justin Herbert. There you go. See, when we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, I I brought up the Chargers because I want Bill to have a QB again. Well, he certainly would have one there. He certainly would. I know that a lot of people are like, well, you know, he doesn't want anything about Brady. What legendary coach has won without a quarterback uh, John Harbaugh 
He won with the defense. Uh, so that was... They had Trent well, Dilfer. Had, yeah, that was that was Brian Billick. Oh, is that... What about Joe Flacco? Joe Flacco, well, That though. was Harbaugh. Yeah. What legendary head coach has won without a quarterback? He's a legend. What are you talking about? Like He's Bill, coaching America's team. Bill Walsh. At the collegiate level. Bill Walsh, legend. No, that was, that's Jim Harbaugh. Oh, you said you John. said John. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah. okay, buddy. That's on me. That's on me. <laughs> They're actually that is brought the passion, though. They're actually they actually are. are yeah, yeah. Right. this time, this, this time, time we're right, we're right about you're that. Right, you're right. You're right. But no, that's Bill Walsh won with Montana, right? Oh, who's Montana? Don't you even? There's a lot of teams that Mike Tomlin won at the top level with who? Big Ben. Yeah. Mike McCarthy. So one mm. of. Uh, he's not a legend. Never mind. Yeah, seriously. What legendary head coach? Andy Reid, legendary head coach, right? One with Mahomes. Well, what's so your, this argument yeah. of like, Bill's never won anything without, without Tom. What legendary head coach has won anything with a horrendous quarterback? Or an average quarterback, for that matter? You think Belichick None. would go to Chicago? I don't, think, I don't know what I the connection he, would be, but like sure. team's even worse. But that's my thing. is I don't know what his appetite would be to make a lateral move to where you're going from a crap team to another crap team with no quarterback. Right. Like, I don't get it, which is why the Chargers makes the most sense to me mm-hmm. from the standpoint of the quarterback. Even Washington, like, their quarterback Not is yet, mid. No. You know, it's like, yeah. I want to see him go to L.A. I want to see that him with Herbert. Cool. That would be Bill. cool. Like, could Bill still wear the, the hoodies? Out in LA? Oh, he just cuts well, his sleeves indoor. off. I know, but you know it's still he cuts that off. but it's still a sweatshirt. It's indoor, though. Care. I'm sure they have AC. What do you wear no, the hoodie? Cronky doesn't let them use the AC when they you use it. Cronky's <laughs> pumping AC in there? No. Not for the Chargers. Not for the Chargers. Yeah. No, he shuts off all the he shuts off all the lights for the no Chargers. Hot water, no. Not you know, all of that yeah. stuff. He's like, you pay for this on mm-hmm. your own. I'm not buying it. I say he's back in New England. Regardless of what it's Dan Orlovsky is. Hot said. topic. Are you sold on the Cardinals looking to trade for Tyler Glass now? I'm sold, for sure. What are you trading, though? I have to know it's going the other way. Well, because no matter what it is. the Tampa Bay Rays yeah. are going to be... Probably <laughs> the future of baseball. Yeah. Yeah, probably the next superstar. So who is the guy that's the worst player? So Dylan Carlson. <laughs> I'll, I'll send them Taylor Motter for Glass now. Then Motter becomes like utility gold glove of the year next year. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Rays are going to have to want you. It would, it would be somebody like Dylan Carlson. For I'm sure. Fine with that. Or Tyler O'Neill. Mm-hmm. I bet you they would look at that and be like, oh, we can help this guy. Right. The only problem is even the Rays are smart enough to know you can't do anything with health. True. You know? Maybe they got some sort of medicine man. And that, would, I guess, would, have, would also apply to Carlson. You know what they need? Matter. They need a shortstop. Yeah, they do. Tommy Edmond. I'm not trading Mason Wynn. No, that's ridiculous, Marsh. He just <laughs> got here. Are you He's serious right now? Shortstop. Are you serious? Did you or did you not say shortstop? Yeah. Did you not Mason, hear the name that I just associated Mason Wynn with? Mason Wynn is the Cardinal shortstop. Is Mason Wynn. What the hell is wrong with and you, I'm Marsh? I'm not trading Mason Wynn. This Vikings, these Vikings. I'm out. These victories for the Vikings have got you all perplexed. Go Seriously. Ahead. Go ahead. Tommy Edmond. Yeah, your center fielder. He is. We shouldn't laugh. He is. He's just starting. <laughs> He's the only center fielder. Center fielder. Year. I can't deal with you two today. Yes, I am sold that the Cardinals will acquire, not acquire, 
would be interested in getting Tyler Glass now. Yes, I am sold. Are you sold on the Braves landing Aaron Nola and or Sonny Gray? Or both. Yeah. And Otani. And or. Uh, I don't know about Otani. You you got a lot of contracts going out. See oh, that picture of Otani today? Mm-mm. Boarding the Dodgers private jet. Son of a. I said the Dodgers two years ago. Yeah, you went on and everybody limb. else said the Dodgers two years ago. Really went out on a limb. I though. certainly did. Yeah. yeah. Did. Risky. <laughs> Risky take. <laughs> the Dodgers who acquire everybody. That's going like, to be. You know what? It's going to be the Dodgers. It's going to be the Dodgers yeah. or the Yankees. Okay. One of those two. It's a risk, but and I'm going to take it. It's not the Dodgers it. or the Yankees. It's going to be the Rangers. <laughs> it might be. You all laughed at me when I said the Dodgers. Uh, what it was? What was the question? Yeah, I think the Braves would. Yes, I am sold. The Braves are interested in Nola or no? Will they land? Gray. Will yes, they land? The Braves yeah. will land one of They'll them. They'll land for one sure. of them. Yes, for sure. I am sold on that. They are all in, man. Yeah, they need pitch. What if they get both? How will that affect what we uh, oh, what we it, see here in St. Louis? Well, well, you know how they're they're like already a thousand times better than you are. Yeah, they would be triple that. Yeah. Three thousand? Yes. Yep. But that's it. So. That's a lot. It certainly is. I mean, you never know. Mm-hmm. All right, just get in the dance. <laughs> Let's get in there, baby. <laughs> oh, jeez. You just get in, Jamie. Things happen. Look at the diamond. You're right, Anthony. If you just get in, you never know what can happen. Yep. Go right. have some fun. After one for a while, solid yeah. game. Not that long. It depends. For the Blues on the power play, are you sold that the Blues PP is back? Oh. Chief said so yesterday about that, it. No, that's well said, by the way. Yeah. Um, Hold. You think that score on the power play is funny? <laughs> Look. I'm going to hold on that. It's not it's, buy, it's sell, or hold, donkey. It's are you sold? <laughs> he already, he's You're already playing the thing playing I do. I'm, I'm, holding. First first I'm holding. Yeah, you are. All right. Um, I, here's what I'm sold on is that. The power play removed the Coyotes game. Up until the Coyotes game, the power play had been getting more effective. They were getting some better looks. They were getting some chances. Even the second power play unit against the Coyotes got several shots on net. So do I think their power, their PP problems are solved? Uh, I don't know if they're ever solved until you go on a serious run of mm. five, six, seven games in a row with a power play goal. Mm. But I do feel like their confidence is going to be a lot better now after scoring those two goals the other night. Are you sold on Washington staying undefeated? Washington Huskies college football team. No, I'm not. I am not. Oregon's going to beat them. I could see Oregon State beating them this weekend. Oregon State, how about that? They've got to play Washington and Oregon. Their next two games. Civil War. I don't see them beating Washington. I see Oregon. Does Oregon play? They'll play them again in the Pac. They could play them in the Pac-12 championship, yeah. Yeah. And I think Oregon blows the wheels off of them. I am with you on that. Mm. Oregon's better right now. Washington, since that Oregon game, has... They've, like, slowly... They haven't... It's like an airplane that, like, it's it's preparing to land, mm-hmm. you know? It's just preparing to land. It's Not just, a it's, crash it's, landing. It's, yeah, it's like this right now. Well, they need to make sure they actually run the football into the end zone and not drop oh, it wow. before the goal line. In, in his defense, he's a defenseman. He doesn't. 
He doesn't typically run okay. the ball. How dumb do you have to be? For Holy that? smokes! Like three yards short. He wasn't short. even close. No, he wasn't even <laughs> close when he dropped that. Like ball. honestly, I don't know. If I was the head coach, I don't know what I would do to that player. Well, I think I might just gorilla glue his hand to a football for a week. I what mean, about the two or three players, illegal. the teammates that ran right by him? They're like, yeah, yeah. hey, buddy, pick up the football. One Utah player goes, I'll hop on this. The Ute. Yeah, I think Oregon State beats them this Saturday. I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it in Corvallis, Oregon State. The Beavers beat Washington. It's bittersweet, though, because I that's think the Huskies team. are going to pound the Beavers this weekend. You watch. I think you just wanted to say that. I don't think you mean it. No, I really mean it. Beavers are going to get pounded this weekend. I agree, Jamie. I 100% it's a big mean weekend. That. It's a big weekend for Washington. I think they'll be ready. It better be. Blues Cues next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time for the Fast Lane's Blues Cues. That's right. Time for some blues-related questions from you, the 101 ESPN listener. 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalters. Andrew Marsh with your blues-related questions. From the 314, how good would a player have to be on the fourth line to get moved up to the third line to get moved up to the second line, etc.? I've always watched hockey, but have not understood exactly what makes a third-line guy or a fourth-line guy. Yeah, so it's a lot of it is based on your offensive ceiling. You know, what is your potential offensively to to bring to the team on a daily basis? And sometimes you've got guys that are just more offensively gifted. And sometimes it just comes down to whether you're able to play that fourth line or third line role. So let, let's, let's go back for a second here. Because Ivan Barbashev, when he first came into the NHL, in the playoffs against the Minnesota Wild way back when, he ended up centering Vladimir Tarasenko's line in the playoffs it was a heck of a jump for him now he, he his ceiling was high as a player he scored a lot of points in the quebec major junior league and you expected him to be able to have that success he didn't right away so what happened is barbie moved down the lineup and a perfect spot for him was the fourth line to where he could be physical block shots play good defensively while his offensive game evolved and mm-hmm. it did and so Barbie got moved up so much so he scored 26 goals here for the Blues. And we saw what happened last year in the playoffs. Played first line for the Vegas Golden Knights and won a Stanley Cup. So it's all about the players' ceiling and their style of play. So if we look at this year's Blues fourth line, the player with the highest ceiling offensively is Jake Neighbors. It just is, flat out. Sammy Blay's a really good player offensively, but his ceiling I don't think is as high as Jake Neighbors. So Jake Neighbors is the type of player that... If he puts together three or four games where he's creating a lot of offense, you could see him, maybe maybe you're upset with Jacob Verana for a night, mm-hmm. or Torpchenko's not creating the offense. You could see that Jake Neighbors would get moved there, and then so on and so on. Maybe there's an injury, and all of a sudden Jake Neighbors is playing with Braden Shen and Jordan Cairo, and because his ceiling is so high, he's able to put some points on the board as well. So that's kind of how it works. And you're determining who starts where at least all right so stay with me with this on uh, this next one 
our YouTube chat brought to you by Air Alliance team. They've been hard at work. And Bud in the YouTube comments posed the questions to everyone, including ourselves. In y'all's opinion, will the Blues stick with this roster or make some moves to tweak it? Mossy Oak Jedi says, I think they tweak it every game. It's just subtle. Scandella has a lot to prove. I can say that on the Blues. And then Clayton chimes in saying Scandella has been playing better than he has in the past two seasons. What are your thoughts on that? On Marco Scandella and in, in, in general or? Yeah. Okay, Anthony? I don't think the, I, well, I'll let you talk about Scandella. I don't think the roster changes much because I don't think Doug, Doug Armstrong will have the freedom with it you've got a lot we've, we've been over this you, you don't have a lot you have a lot of no trade clauses so uh -huh. even if you wanted to move a player and do a quote-unquote hockey trade where you're going to trade you know one contract absorb another and maybe take on you know give up something that you already have for something you don't have that's going to be difficult to do so with all the no trade clauses so i don't think the roster changes i agree with the the first comment about i think there's subtle tweaks almost every game now but from a roster standpoint we're not going to see much yeah, um, I agree with that for the most part. The only time I think it could change is at the trade deadline. If Army feels like this is a playoff team mm -hmm. and that it could be a second-round playoff team, he's going to make moves. He'll eat some salary if he has to. Most, A lot of teams at the deadline, too, will eat salary to get rid of a player. A, a team that's non-contending will eat some salary to move a player. We saw it. We saw it right. last year. We saw every year now teams are willing to take on 40 50 percent of the remaining salary and then the remaining salary is a picks. fraction of you know what you need for the salary cap so it, it could be done mm -hmm. but i think it's only under those circumstances and as far as marco scandella is concerned he's had a really good season so far yeah one he's been healthy i think it's the first time he's been healthy since he first got here with the blues when he came in and he played really well with Colton Pareko and signed the extension i don't think he's really been fully healthy since that point until now and I like the way he's playing. He's been very effective for the Blues. He gives them another layer of penalty kill. And, you know, I, I'm, I've been very pleased. From the 314, Jamie, what do you think of the proposed changes for overtime in the NHL? Well, thanks for stealing my notes, Bill Daly. <laughs> I literally, I, he must listen to the fast lane because I know I've said it on here before that the over, back, over and back rule should be in the NHL, just like basketball. Once you pass center ice, you can't go back across the red line or you get a penalty. Because this whole regroup for friggin' three minutes while you try and tire out the other team, it's completely counterproductive to what the NHL wanted when they went to three on three. Which is action. Which was action, offense, excitement, you know, get you out of your seat. Now it's like, snooze fest until somebody gets tired and makes a mistake yeah i'd rather just have a goal scored because it's a lot of action fast-paced and things are happening out mm -hmm. there so what do i think of the proposed yeah the only one i like the only one that makes sense is once you cross over center ice the red line you can't go back with the puck players can go back it doesn't matter but the puck itself can't come back across the red line or it's an immediate penalty and the other team goes on the power play I like it. That would be exciting. I like it a lot. From the 636, why do hockey players always use ER at the end of players' names for their nickname? For example, Schenner, Tomer, etc. Baseball players do too. Well, we got, it's like you got other ones too. You got Cappy, Hazy, you know, like you got other ones that are available. Bennington E. <laughs> Binner. Binner. No, that's an ER. I don't know why. We just do it. Stalter. 
Stalts. You know? I was never the guy that shortened the name or the ER. I was always the guy that found an actual nickname for my teammates. Mm -hmm. And then just applied it to said teammate until everybody called him that. Whether they liked it or not. Yeah. Like Most Lumpy. of the time. What, like what? Lumpy. Lumpy. Yeah. He was a health player. Like yeah. Polly Walnuts. Polly Walnuts. Mm -hmm. That's right. See? Polly Walnuts. Nobody would have thought of that. No. Had a few. Curtis Lassition. We called him Cowboy. He grew up on a farm, so I just called him Cowboy. You, know, you just go from there. You just make up crap, Anthony. <laughs> you kind of remind me of that scene in Forrest Gump when he's, hey. he's out in Vietnam. <laughs> hey. <laughs> He's like, uh, every kid, there's Tex, it's Denver, yeah. Chicago. <laughs> Is there uh, nicknames that you guys would know that have a meaning that you probably can't share with people? Oh, mm. that's no fun. I'm trying to think. Like most of those, well, not don't... naming a name, but like, is that like a thing? Like you come up with a nickname for somebody, you're like, ah, like that's more of like an in in-house type yeah thing. and i know like and it doesn't necessarily have to be like inappropriate either like the most of the ones that let, let's say they are inappropriate they don't really get used because mm -hmm. you have to be careful you're always out in public sure. and then you know things like that happen mm -hmm. but like a funny one that we gave jamie mcclennan was noodles mm -hmm. that was his nickname noodles and people are like why the hell you call him noodles because all he ate for every pre-game meal was noodles like no sauces, nothing. Like what no kind of chicken, a serial no, killer just eats just noodle, noodles? Plain noodles. If so. you were referencing him in like an interview at the time, you wouldn't say, "Yeah, oh yeah, you know, noodles, you know, did a great job of getting the puck in." They'd be like, "Who are you talking about?" Well, we did start doing that, and like you get a lot of guys that you, you start using their nicknames. Mm -hmm. Like Steve Thomas was Stumpy, and it's just because he was short with big legs, mm. you know. And like. Chris McAlpine was the mule because it had big ass on him. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd start to call guys by yeah. their, their nicknames. Like when, when they started calling me Sugar. Right. Like people at first, what the hell? Who's the, who are they talking about? Then they figure it out. Mm. You know, so I don't know. It's kind of fun. Yeah. It's a fun game. Still need a nickname for the chicken, the dirt cheap oh, chicken. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get that sorted out. Hey, we got Jamie's keys to the game. First goal of the game, and uh, somebody is facing their punishment. Next, yeah, Marshy. On 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Tonight, the Blues take on the Lightning pregame starting at 6 o'clock. Right after us here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN, Jamie Rivers is heading downtown after this segment to uh, do his coverage for Bally Sports Midwest. So, Jamie, without further ado, let's get into some keys to the game. Yeah, all right. Key number one for me is get pucks to the net tonight. The Tampa Bay Lightning don't have Vasilevsky between the pipes, and I believe they're in the bottom tier of goals against in the NHL. They're giving up quite a few goals a game, so let's not disappoint. Lots of pucks to the net, and the Blues have been doing a much better job of that. They've had over 35 shots in, what, three of their last four games. So they're doing a better job of that. Yeah. So certainly pucks to the net increases your chances of scoring goals, especially against this Tampa Bay Lightning team so far this year. Uh, key number two is stay out of the box. It's still the Tampa Bay Lightning that have a hell of a power play. 
Kucherov should be back in the lineup tonight. He missed the other night due to a, an illness, but they've got Stamkos, Kucherov. They've got Braden Point. They've got Victor Hedman. They've got some. They've got some guys. Got some dudes. They got some dudes over there. So do yourself a favor, and even though your penalty kill, at least on the road, has been fantastic, it hasn't been great at home. So stay out of the penalty box. Don't give them that opportunity to score a goal. Uh, D-zone coverage tonight is going to be imperative. So that's key number three for me. The Tampa Bay Lightning uh, do a great job of roaming guys all over the place. And all that means is that the defensemen end up down low. The forwards end up at the blue line. It can be really easy to lose your coverage. And so I think the Blues don't chase, stay disciplined. And when things feel like they're out of control, shrink. And all that means is take away the middle of the ice. Take away the most dangerous spot on the ice. And as a player, you know when things are starting to get a little out of control. You're chasing the puck around. They're making good plays. You can't seem to get there on time. When you feel the wheels falling off, shrink. Wait for them to come to you and wait for them to make a mistake. And when they do, then you pounce. So those are the keys to the game for me tonight for the Blues. Love it. Is Marsh going to score the first goal again? I hope so. I hope somebody does. Marsh, you're up 1-0. Not good. I am up 1-0. Go for it, kid. Let's go, boys. We need you to score more goals. Get those loose pucks. Thomas, DeCairo, score! Goal! No big deal. Game winner. Nice. All right, Marsh, you got honors. Go for it. Well, we've been talking about the fourth line a lot today. So I'm thinking either Sonny... Or Jake Neighbors. Those are the two guys I'm, I'm really feeling tonight. I'm going to go with Jake Neighbors Ooh, to score the boy. first goal. Jake? Been playing neighbors. really well lately, too. I like that one, Marshy. Good pick. Jamie. Yeah, um, wow. I'm going to go with Jordan Cairo tonight. I think that, well, Braden Shen has been creating more offense recently, scoring a hat trick last game. Brandon Saad has been creating offense as well. So I think those guys are going to find a way to get the puck to Cairo. And Cairo finds the back of the net first tonight. Mm. I'm going to go with Pavel Buchnevich. The Buch. First power play unit. He's averaging 18.8 ice time. He's got 13 shots in his last five games. That's right on par with everybody outside of Cairo, who you just took, who's got 21 shots in his last five games. He's got to shoot the puck in order to score, Jamie. Yes. So I'm going to go with Pavel Buchnevich. He might get one shorthanded, too. He's he been might. a penalty kill nightmare. Yeah, coming off a big uh, big game against Colorado. I like it. Okay, Jamie, are you ready to take your uh, face your punishment? I guess so. Let's get it out of the way. All right. So, Marsh, you want to do the honors? I would oh, love I to. That savage shooting me. I would love to. You want your pants to be safe? Because if you want your pants pants to be safe, you want Marsh to take the shot. Oh, Marshy's an aggressive ass. When Jesus just went off. No. All right, here we go. You don't have to worry about the pants because you you probably get shot in the spine or the I know ear. This shirt's gonna have a hole in it too. Yeah, that's correct. Get the jacket to match. You'll be fine. So for those who don't know, Jamie is uh, he's facing two shots today because he lost. A tiebreaker in the NFL Pick'em Challenge. Don't fret, though. We are now up. What are we at? Seven to two over the Riz Show, guys. Seven to two. I believe so. Seven, seven, uh, seven victories. All right, Marsh, you got the cameras pointed. I think we're good. I think we're good too. I, I th- think we're good. I see Jamie. Perfect. I see Jamie over there. All right, Jamie, bend over. The, 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 the button board is where you got to line up. 
The button board. Yeah, just back up. Just back up a little okay. bit, okay? He's worried about his pants. Months. No, he doesn't have to back up further than normal, but at least go to the normal line. I don't think a couple inches is going to make a difference. Well, Jamie, two shots. Well said. Count me down, Jamie. No, no. Oh! <laughs> He's got two. He's got another one. Hang on, let me recover. I'm going to let him. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, no. I got a pretty good shot. That was those, those pants are those pants are thin. All right, here comes the next hole. All right, here we go, and look at him flex. Nope. Nope. Misfire here. Yep. <laughs> go for it. Oh, that's a leg. <laughs> All right, Jamie, you have served your punishment for the NFL Pick'em Challenge. As we oh. say to everybody that uh, has to take their shots, that hurt oh. us more than it hurt you. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. That was me. a good one. That was right under the, right at the crease of the. Oh. Nice job. Where the cheek meets the leg. Way to go. That was a, that was a, prof- you're a professional marksman. You literally put eyeballs on my ass cheeks. <laughs> like, they're perfectly placed on each side. Nice. Jamie, by the way, Woo. is still leading the pack. 96 total points on the year. Kerry Davis is second, 94. BT, who's going to be joining us for the last two hours of the show when Jamie leaves. Oh. He's got 93. I've got 91. And Andrew Marsh, 87. Terrible. 87 this year for Andrew Marsh. But you know what? He's part of our team. And our team is winning. Big. I've been getting show. better. I think the first few weeks really hindered my score. Yeah. Uh, well, hindered us as a team. Week nine, you had 12 to lead us. <laughs> yeah. Me, BT, and Carriol had nine this week. And uh, week 11 starting on Thursday night. So everybody make sure you get your picks in. Seven to two. Gator bait on the uh, Air Alliance YouTube chat is funny. He has Jamie and his... His dirt cheap uniform on yesterday and ready for church today. <laughs> well played. You know him too well. All right, Jamie. Good stuff as always, man. Thank you. We'll see you. I don't know. I'll check the schedule. Uh, We're not going to see you tomorrow. No, be the next day. The next day. Whatever that is. Yeah. Because you're traveling. Yeah. According to Anthony's calendar, it would be Friday. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. We'll I thought it. it was Wednesday. I started we'll off the it. show today with a little let's get nasty on a Wednesday. Thank you to the listeners to say, hey, moron. It's actually Tuesday. We figured it out. Anthony, I'll be thinking about you guys when we spend five days in L.A. When we're at the Ritz-Carlton in Marina Del Rey, which is right on the beach. Oh, yeah. It's a sacrifice, I know. I'm sure. Okay. Real dump, that place sounds like. I'll be thinking about you. Thanks, Jamie. Get out of here. (laughs) Get out of our faces. (laughs) BT joins us next. Just in time for the gauntlet. The playoffs continue here on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Before we bring in Joey, who is the latest gauntlet playoff contender, let's welcome in our guy, BT. What's up, Brad? What is happening, Anthony? How we doing, my man? We're doing great. Thanks for filling in for the last two hours. Yeah, tag me in for sure. Hey, what's this whole playoff contender thing? Is he on, like, the third leg or something? No, so this is, Brad, we are playing the uh, the gauntlet playoffs, which, mean, which means that all 10 gauntlet 2.0 Champions are back. Really? Yes. 
So Not that I didn't know that. I just wanted you to reset yeah. it for everybody else that might have just been listening for the first time in a while. I knew that. I listened religiously, Anthony. You know that. I've been listening. I've been, I know you have. <laughs> uh, so, without further ado, Joey is our latest gauntlet champion. What's up, Joey? Hey, how you guys doing? We're doing great. Uh, welcome back. Who who did you beat to claim your trophy? It was Marsh, and I was the one who had to go to a tiebreaker every day. Oh, I remember you. Did you face Did you face Brad the first with the first time? No, no, I faced you. Okay, all right. So I lost in a tiebreaker. I remember Brad, and you you probably remember this too. BT, you and the listener said the same tiebreaker answer. I think twice. I think you did it back I think to I back. I remember that. Yeah. It was and then crazy. the next day, I think I did it. I did the same thing with a listener. But anyways. We said the same answer. <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> All right. I remember that, Joey. Well, anyways, congratulations. Welcome back. Uh, Joey, if you don't know the new rules, here they are. You can choose your opponent or you can choose the category. But whatever you choose, if you advance, you have to stick with that that group. You know what I mean? You, if you if you choose your opponent yeah. today, you got to stick with the opponent uh, moving forward. But you obviously got to do a new opponent. If you choose the category, you can choose your next category if you win, but it can't be the one that you choose today. Sound good? Yep, I got gotcha. you. All right. So would you like to choose your opponent, which would be BT, Marsh, or me? Or would you like to choose your category? Uh, well, I'm not going to bank on the wheel not giving me hockey again. So I'm going to choose football. Oh, okay, so you're going to go football. So the category, the category today will be football. Marsh, okay. then you spin the. Go ahead, tell Marsh to spin the wheel, and we'll find out who your opponent is today. Spin the wheel, Marsh. So Marsh, you have played three times, I think, right? Or yeah, twice? I have. No, you it's, played it's three times. Three. Jamie's yeah. played twice. I have not played yet. BT has not played yet. <sighs> it's going <laughs> to be Marsh again. The wheel, oh, the wheel is all about Marsh. All right, Joey. So the last person you beat in the gauntlet was Marsh, and the first person in the playoffs will be will be Marsh. Sound good? Works for me. All right. So as Marsh makes his way to the cone of silence, what I'm going to do for Brad is I'm going to take a photo. Oh, thank you, Anthony. I was wondering. You got it. Here, no problem. Logistics of this. Yeah, I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you the uh, gauntlet trivia questions okay, here bt hopefully you can read it if not let me know and i'm gonna send it real quick to my guy brad thompson live on radio it's a pretty high-end operation yes okay so brad i just sent that to you okay uh, i'll go over the rules again for those that don't know four football questions to joey same four football questions to marsh each question is worth two points unless joey or marsh ask for the options and then those questions are only worth one point bt did you get it I got it. Okay, here we go. Joey, question one. After the Green Bay Packers won the first two Super Bowls, which team was the next to win consecutive Super Bowls? Uh, winning, and I don't know the Roman num- numerals on this, so which team okay. won the won consecutive Super Bowls after the Packers did it in Super Bowl one and two? Oh, man. It's got to be either the Steelers or Cowboys, I'm thinking. Um Let's go uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, final answer. Pittsburgh Steelers, final answer. All right, Joey, question number two. Which Broncos running back was the last running back to win Super Bowl MVP? 
He ran for 157 yards and three touchdowns when the Broncos beat the Packers 31-24. to Terrell Davis, final answer. All right. Joey, question three. Which player recorded 200 sacks in his career the most in NFL history? Which player recorded 200 sacks in his career the most in NFL history? Um, I'm thinking the Minister of Defense there. Um, don't know if I want to take the options here. Um, Reggie White, final answer. Okay. All right, question number four. Rondé Barber, he played his entire career with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His brother, Tiki, played his entire career with which team? The New York Giants, final answer. The New York right. Football Giants. All right, Marsh is in, or he's coming in. Joey, how you feeling? I know my running backs, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marsh is making his way in from the Cone of Silence. This is Marsh's fourth gauntlet playoff matchup. And Marsh, I believe you're one and one, right? Uh, no, I would be two and two one. And oh? Two and one? Two and one, I believe. Oh, well, I just said, yeah, this is your fourth. And then I did horrible math there. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that makes more sense, Marsh. I'm an idiot. Are you ready? I'm ready. Question number one. After the Green Bay Packers won their first two Super Bowls, which team was the next to win consecutive Super Bowls? Ooh. Hmm. I think it might be the Steelers. Um, that's who I'm leaning towards. Trying to run through all these teams real quick. Nah, let's go with the Steelers. Final answer. All right, Marshy. Question number two. Which Broncos running back was the last running back to win Super Bowl MVP? He ran for 157 yards and three touchdowns with the Broncos. Beat the Packers 31-24. to Oh, my gosh. I know who it is. I can't think of his name. Um... Oh, this is going to cost me. Was it Terrell Davis? Is that his name? I'm going to have to use the options. This is going to bug me. All right. Is it Mike Anderson, Olandis Gary, or Terrell Davis? Unbelievable. Terrell Davis, final answer. Question three, Marsh. Which player recorded 200 sacks in his career the most in NFL history? Let's use the options. Michael Strahan, Bruce Smith, or Reggie White? Um. Ooh. I know Michael Strahan, there was that one season a while back when he, I think he broke the single season record. I don't know if he holds the record, though. Who was the third person? Reggie White? Michael Strahan, Bruce Smith, Reggie White. I'll just say Michael Strahan. Final answer. All right, Marshy, question number four. Rondé Barber, he played his entire career with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His brother, Tiki, played his entire career with which team? 
are you? Um, the New York Football Giants. Final answer. All right, let's go over these. Joey versus Marsh today in the gauntlet playoffs. Let's start off with that, that uh, last question. Rondé Barber played his entire career with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. His brother, Tiki, played his entire career with which team? Joey, you said the New York Football Giants. Marsh, you said the New York Football Giants. Correct answer is? That'd be the New York Football Giants, That's Anthony. correct. Neither of you guys needed the options for that, so you have a t- there's a 2-2 tie. After the Green Bay Packers won the first two Super Bowls, which team was the next to win consecutive Super Bowls? Joey, without the options, you said the Pittsburgh Steelers. Marsh, without the options, you said the Pittsburgh Steelers. Correct answer is? That would be the Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. Seven and eight. Thank you for doing the uh, the Roman numeral uh, look up there for us, BT. <laughs> so, what do you mean looked it up? It's a V and two ones, Anthony. <laughs> that, makes, that makes sense. That would, it, would be seven or eight. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I did there? I looked at it real quick and I said, uh-uh. No, I'm not I'm even going to attempt it. All right, so we still have a 2-2 tie. I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> thank, you, thank you for your honesty. All right, which Broncos running back was the last running back to win Super Bowl MVP? He ran for 157 yards and three touchdowns when the Broncos beat the Packers 31-24. Joey, you said Terrell Davis. Marsh, you said Terrell Davis. Correct answer is... Terrell Davis. Marsh is disgusted with himself, and he should be, because Joey did not use the options. So Joey has a 4-3 lead over Marsh. It comes down to this. Mm. Which player recorded 200 sacks in his career, the most in NFL history? Joey did not use the options. He said Reggie White. Marsh used the options. He said Michael Strahan. We know from Marsh taking the options that Reggie White, in fact, was an option. If it's Reggie White, Joey wins. If it's Michael Strahan, we're going to a walk-off. If it's the other choice, which is Bruce Smith, Joey still wins today, 4-3. to three. BT, which player recorded 200 sacks in his career the most in NFL history? Well, Anthony, as you know, that would be Bruce Smith. Joey. You have chosen wisely Bruce Smith 200 Reggie White 198 so Joey you thinking Reggie White I mean you were you were right there made sense yeah I, I kind of stuck with the the whole Packers theme there yeah that's uh, not and, a bad thought yeah real quick Anthony um I will see you on Thursday and I feel like I need to apologize in advance for when you have to go eat all those waffles yeah I appreciate that uh <laughs> you know I'm a big waffle fan but that's going to be a lot of waffles in a short period of time. So, uh, Joey, I appreciate you. Thanks, man. Uh, thank you. All I right. believe in you. All right, thanks. Good Congrats. job, Joey. Nice Congrats job. on moving thanks on. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. All right. Uh, Joey, yeah, Joey's going to advance. So, Marsh, wh- how many How many do we have advancing now? Uh, we have three now. Three now, and we are through six? We're through six people. We have four left. We have Patty scheduled for tomorrow, That's too. That's right. Nice. So okay. Patty will be our next contestant. All right, so Joey is advanced. Uh, BT, it's, it's survive. It's survive and, you know, wait, basically. I like it. Look, keep them on ice a little bit, Anthony. That's the thing. Let as many in as you can, too. You guys have been doing a pretty good job of that. It's all inclusive. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I feel disgusting right now. 
You're so ticked at yourself about the Terrell Davis. You even said his name, too. I did. In your defense, Marsh, you weren't even born yet. That doesn't mean anything. Okay. Well, I I tried. I tried. I tried, BT. How should Cardinal fans interpret John Mosaloc's message when it comes to the offseason? We're going to get BT's thoughts on the next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Thompson is with us for the final two hours of the show leading up to the pregame for the Blues and Lightning at 6 o'clock. BT, I don't think that we've had you on the show since John Mozeliak has made his comments about kind of the offseason plan. And if you if you took those comments face value, which we did, uh, you would kind of think, well, they're not going to do anything. That wasn't his point. His point was, yeah, we'll have plenty of money to spend back up to where we were a year ago in terms of the... Uh, budget, right? They're budgeting for uh, around the same amount as they budgeted for last year. They've got some guys coming off the books, whether that's Adam Wainwright or some of the players that they traded. So there is some flexibility when it comes to the spending. When you initially saw the comments like, oh, they're not going to spend at all. Not the case. But when you heard John Mozeliak make the comments about this, the, the spending, did you go down a certain path with what the offseason is going to look like for you? Or did you just take the comments at face value? No, I, I think that uh, I think that you kind of have to take the comments at just kind of face value. You have to wait and see how everything plays out. I wouldn't expect John Mosellock or anybody with the Cardinals to come out like uh, the Phillies did, their owner, John uh, Middleton, who said we're going to go out and spend stupid money. I don't mm-hmm. see them just doing that. Now, I might – and this is just me because I don't have as good of a vocabulary as Mo has, Uh, I might have used a different word other than prudent. Now, prudent (laughs) is the right word. But, like, to me, prudent is like, ah, you prude. No, maybe I'd I'd have used, like, uh, wise or judicious or uh, sage. Like, you know, just something. Something. uh, Prudent just – yeah, prudent makes it sound like you're tight and you wear a bow tie and scarfs all the time. Like that's And you don't spend your owner's money. Well, that yeah, sensible could be a, a sensible would be one. Well advised is another one. Uh, but I, that's how this organization has been running. That's how this organization has had success over the years. Is for the most part making wise decisions when it comes to their big expenditures. So the, the idea of being prudent when it comes to your your off season is a smart one. Anthony, the last thing that the Cardinals need to do, and we all know the list, and we can go over all the pitchers that are out there, whether it's Nola that you want, or it's Snell, or it's Sonny Gray, Yamamoto. or it's Yamamoto, yeah. or it's Gray, or I'm sorry, or Montgomery, whoever it is, right? They, if these guys start flying off the market, did you see the piece? Uh, I think it came out maybe yesterday, and it was a well-done piece over at The Athletic by Tim Britton, mm-hmm. and it just ranked every team and, like, what their needs are and, you know, kind of where they're at. And there were 20 teams listed as front-end starting pitchers mm. is their biggest need. 20. Brad, there's only 20 30 teams. teams. 
Anthony, I know. That's damn near two-thirds of the teams, okay? Mm-hmm. And I don't, don't quote me on the math because I'm not sure that that's correct. But it's a lot of teams that are looking for starting pitchers. So if some of these guys fly off the market, if Nola, Snell, Montgomery, Gray, your guy, Yamamoto, who I know you've been lobbying hard for, and I believe that you've been in contact with, with uh, Yoshinobu, yeah. that, which is great, Anthony. And uh, i, I got to do my part, Brett. As you should. And, look, you're a, a large voice in St. Louis, and I think that he's, <laughs> he's going to listen to you. Mm-hmm. But if those guys start flying off the, the table, right, and they're going to these teams, and it's not because you weren't in the market in the discussion, it's because they picked other teams, the last thing you, I would think, as a Cardinal fan, you want them to do is go out and spend way too much money on, like, the sixth best guy. Right. Like, that doesn't make sense to, yeah. to just overspend to get whoever that guy you believe is, right? So uh, prudent is a good way to go about it. You are going to have to, if you want to get one of the guys that we, we talked about, you're probably going to have to go to a place that is uncomfortable, when it comes to your finances, and I know that they said they want to be around that budget that they had last year, I believe that the numbers still pan out to do that. They've got roughly just under $50 million to do that. You might have to go a little bit further because what are you more uncomfortable with, Anthony? Are you more uncomfortable if you're the organization with going over your budget but having a team that you believe will compete for the division and make a deep run in the postseason, or are you more comfortable with having another season that looks a little bit like this one? I, like, I think that that should be an easy enough one to answer. Yeah, oh, yeah, that would be the first uh, the first option. Give me option A, please. Brad, as, you know, as you're laying everything out perfectly, the, the thought that the, here's, here's the bottom line. When it comes to okay. fan perspective, uh, fan reaction, fan emotions, if Mo does not land one of the top guys, he's going to lose the offseason. From a fan perspective. Yeah. That's no, just, that's the bottom line. If he does not, if he does not land Yamamoto, which it's a it's a he's very not landing Yamamoto. Real... I I made the call, Brad. Just hold I, on with it. You know what? Damn it! I wrote that note gun. down before. I wrote that down before I remember you made the call. That's have on a little me. They faith. Might, they might land Yamamoto. Yeah. Now, did, did I talk to the the right person? I don't know, but tough I made a call. Then yeah, I said, "Hey, you could say. pitch, right?" Said yes. So. Coming to St. Louis. Anyways. Um, um, real quick, did yeah. he just say did he say it just like that? Did he say yes? Yes, he did. That's not Yamamoto, ah. dude. That's not him. <laughs> maybe I called maybe I called <laughs> Nola then. I hope I called Nola. Anyways, if he doesn't land Yamamoto, he doesn't land Nola, he doesn't land Snell. All real possibilities. I think the only the only pivot in again I'm talking about a fan from a fan's perspective. I'm not talking about like from my perspective. Although I I would fall more in line with the fans' perspective in terms of the emotion after they finish and last. The only pivot would be to land like two of those those next tier guys. So a, a Strowman and a Sonny Gray, right? Or uh, a Strowman and uh, whoever your next your favorite third pitcher is in that in that second tier if it's just one of those options in tier two and maybe uh, an option in tier three and then a bargain it's gonna get ugly what if you land a couple of guys and, and again this is robbing peter to pay paul but what if you do so via 
the trade market, Anthony. Like maybe you get one of those middle ground guys, and then you pull a trade for a Tyler Glass now. Oh, I'm so, uh, I'm, I'm good pull with that. A trade for a Dylan Cease. You know what I mean? That would fall more in the category of Mo. Uh, he he went tier one, right? Because Dylan C Dylan Cease is a tier one. Yeah, Tyler Glass year, but second in the Cy Young two years. Still ago, an right? ace, right? Yeah, that to me would still would fall in the same category of he signed one of those top three guys. Because if you're a fan, you say, "What did you get for an ace, or what did you get for the top of the rotation?" Now you yeah. can squint and say, "Strowman." Well, Strowman's our ace. Strowman isn't this on the same same level as. You know what other teams are going to bring to the table, ace wise. He's not he's not in the same the same category as Spencer Strider, but I, I think Cardinals fans would at least say, "All right, Nola signed with Atlanta or went back to Philly. Yamamoto uh, got stupid money from the Dodgers, Giants, or, or Yankees, and then Blake Snell went someplace else. But we got Stroman, Gray, and you know maybe maybe one of those one year flyers. I think fans would be okay with that." Yeah, I think so, too, and I think that that's why uh, – and, look, we all want them to land one of those top guys, but that's why, like, this is going to get interesting, and it's probably going to take a while. And it's going to take a while for all these teams. I told you, there's 20 teams that are looking for high-end starting pitching, and there's a handful of guys that fit that bill via free agency – and if you're one of these teams that you're hanging on to right now, you have one of these pieces that you want to trade, Anthony, mm-hmm. whether that's Tyler Glass now that we talked about, whether that's Dylan Cease, maybe that's Corbin Burns, you know, Brandon Woodruff's out for the season. It looks like, I mean, they are open for business over there or you know, whoever, whoever that guy is. You're going to wait, aren't you? Aren't yeah. you going to wait until, like, the top three agents are off the market and desperation sets in? Like, this has got a chance to be a slow-moving, as I think that each year they get slower and slower, yeah. offseason when it comes to the starting pitching market. Yeah, unfortunately, because I, th- I think baseball used to capitalize on that hot stove league, you know, when it, when it, was, yeah. when it fired up. The only thing is, if you can move further away from football season, then you could start to steal some headlines. But for fans, we we want to see we we want to hear all the rumors and then dream about what the roster is going to look like for many months before spring training. But from baseball standpoint, maybe having all your action in January is not the worst thing. No, I I know I still do wonder though if there is a and I know that we've had this conversation on the show many a times in the past to incentivize signing guys, signing early, signing to a certain amount of deals or a certain amount of dollars where you put draft picks attached to it. Because, like, because you alluded to it, the, like, winter meetings, stuff used to go down at the winter meetings. Like, it was happening there. And now it's like, oh, the winter meetings are here. Ooh, what's going to happen? Nothing Nothing. happens. And then all of a sudden you get into spring training and then these guys are trickling in. I wish there was a way to streamline that because it seems like every other sport, Anthony, like, it is hot as soon as day one hits. Oh, yeah, even beforehand, right? Like, the illegal tampering period. And you're getting all these news, all this news coming out about free agency. I think you're right. I think the uh, booze should be offered to the player and the uh, and the team. Yes, that's the worst thing that has ever happened. Okay, with these meetings, Anthony, is that we have all this technology and everybody just sits bunkered down in their suites. Mm-hmm. Go down to the hotel bar, hash out some deals. Are you going to wake up with some buyer's remorse? Of every course, once in a while, it's part of it. Sure, you are. Sure, who hasn't been there at the bar late at night and then the next day is like no. <laughs> Not again. Oh, dang it. 
I ordered too many drinks. Yeah, that's of course. You, yep. Yeah, that's what. It, and he stumbled what back. You went to the wrong hotel room for a second. You figured oh, it out, though. Of course. Though. That's how we you got Arnano. Very true, though. Yeah, he's right. I mean, the previous GM for Colorado, he was ham sauce. There's no doubt about it when he Boy, made that deal. He, uh, yeah, thank you, drunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, like, that is uh, deals deals used to get done that way. Let's, yep. let's do that. Get rid of technology. Hash everything out at the bar. Yeah, I like that. That's Brad Thompson. He's got great ideas. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Our sports pick, uh, six-pack is next. I imagine this will be two segments here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's. Your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. All right, time for the Sports Six Pack. Brad Thompson filling in for Jamie Rivers, who will be on Bally Sports tonight ahead of the Blues, or during the Blues Lightning game. I'm Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh with your questions. Question number one. From the 636, what's the funniest moment in sports that you can remember? The funniest moment in sports? Oh. Funniest sports moment. Uh, yeah. Um, Brad, I, I don't know why this is coming to mind right off the bat because I'm sure I'm missing 10,000 things. Yeah, right. I don't know either of the players that are involved in this, and I don't even know what league it was in. I think it was in Japan. Do you remember seeing the highlight, Anthony, of the guy getting hit by the pitcher? He charges the mound, and then the pitcher runs around the outfield to get away from him. I don't. And he's chasing him the entire time. It's like one of the funniest damn things ever. <laughs> I, I love it. I, it kind of reminds me, though, of when the minor league manager oh. got tossed and then he went he went banana sandwich on everybody and he did the army crawl out to Dude. the pitcher's mound and used what the... What was that guy's... If Phil Wellman. That's there you go. About. And used the, oh. the rosin bag as a, a grenade. He acted as... It was a grenade. He, he did a whole bunch of stuff in, in the sequence of like 10 minutes. But that that's that one's pretty good. Man, Jose Canseco having ball the ball off the head. head off his head for home run is hilarious. That one's tough, yeah. Marcelo Zuna, Spider-Man on the wall. You know, with something that people don't talk about enough is when the uh, when the Cardinals installed those LED lights at Bush Stadium. It's tough to track the ball. Honestly, it made it a lot easier to track the ball, <laughs> I, I think. I'm pretty sure. Like That was kind of part of it, so you can see a lot better all the time. What we fail to talk about, Anthony, is that he is, in fact, a gold glover mm. when when that used to be an offensive award. So I've been told. Yeah. yeah. I do have another one. All Maybe right. you guys remember this. This is Patrick Stefan, or Stefan, Patrick Stefan, in 2007 for the Dallas Stars, had an empty net, skated right by the empty net, and then whiffed on the puck, fell into the boards, the Edmonton Oilers then picked it up, went the opposite way, and scored with like ten seconds or five seconds left in the game That's to, to tie it up. That oof. that one's difficult to live down. Oh, wow, so funny. You know, not, I wasn't there, 
and Brad, Brad, you weren't there. But when Dunk used to tell the story of how he made three errors in one minor league game, when he told that story, and he told it, you know, a fair no, amount. Cause, no, Anthony, one play, not three errors oh, in one game. Yeah, that's three right. One, 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 one play. play. You're right. <laughs> You're right. He was, was he, he was playing first base. Yeah. And I think a, a ground a ground ball hits, I don't know, third or short. They throw it over. He didn't he failed to he failed to catch the ball at first, I think. And then he went and he picked it up and he maybe airmailed it. I can't remember the sequence of events, but Dude, I, I forget exactly what what it was too. I think that maybe he uh, he might have like clanked it first. It might have been a ground ball to him that he missed, and then he tried to like catch somebody on a throw at another base, and then screw that up, and then maybe screwed up another play. Like, but it was three errors. It's almost on like how could this play. happen? But as he described it, you could you can visualize everything oh, that yeah. he did, and then you could just see him in his brain. Just, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Jeez, I mean that's unreal. Like, how does that happen? That's amazing. He used to he used to talk all the time too about your streak, and him not knowing that it was uh, it was also an errorless errorless streak. Oh yeah, he didn't know that it was just. Uh, he thought it was just uh, earned runs. He yeah, didn't know it was unearned also. And yes. boy, Dunk got the tight sheets when he found out that I hadn't given up any runs at all. You guys should not have season. told him that. Oh no, yeah, I know. It's incredible. We got a text from the 636. What's funny is when Bobby Boucher showed up at halftime and the Mud Dogs won the Bourbon Bowl. <laughs> you remember that? You remember that? <laughs> Anytime he says that, I get fired up. Because <laughs> I know. I know what's about to happen. The Mud Dogs are about to win the Bourbon Bowl. And I liked it. <laughs> Question number two. Sure, right. show me. I like them too. <laughs> <laughs> shit, shit, not the devil. Yeah. I think a lot of us agree with that one. From the 314, riddle me this. If everybody is needing pitching, then why would anybody trade away pitching? Does not make sense. Does not compute. I don't get it. Well, because in a market, if you are one of the handful of teams that really are not competing next year, and you know who you are, and you have all of these teams that are looking for front-end starting pitching and you have some, chances are you end up getting a king's ransom for it. I mean, you get teams in a bidding war for a player, and they go to places that are uncomfortable. And that's the the scary part if you're one of those teams. If you're the Cardinals and you're going out on the trade market and you're looking at guys like Glasnow or Dylan Cesar, just pick whoever it is that that you like in a deal. I doubt that Corbin Burns, a deal like that's going to happen within the division, although I could still see them moving him even with Woodruff being out for the year like the risk you run is what you give up to get that player because i think that we all still realize that this cardinal team from a year ago you need more than one ace like that that one guy doesn't do it for you totally you Mm -hmm. gotta add a couple of pieces and you still have to maintain what you have offensively it is not an easy task yeah i do i do understand where the text is coming from though i have made the comment on these airwaves about the Mariners. Like, oh, the Mariners, they're such a perfect trade partner. They got all this young pitching. Yeah, you keep it. No, but they don't but they don't have a middle of the order bats. Like you that's the thing. Like they're a perfect Shut your mouth. Eugenio uh Suarez is a perfect middle of the order bat. Eugenio Ish. the mighty duck and man the, himself. The mighty duck man himself. <laughs> there he was. And he tipped his cap just like this. <laughs> 
Uh, but they got guys. They got Brian Wu. They've got uh, Bryce Miller. They got Emerson Hancock. Like mm-hmm. those are guys. You're probably not going to get Kirby. You're probably not going to get Logan Gilbert. Uh, but they, if they found a deal where they could get somebody that they believe profiled as a middle of the order bat, I think they'd be happy to give up most, not most of those guys, not all of them in the same deal, but uh, one or two guys because they have some depth. Right. Question number three. From the 314, why don't you guys ever bring up Trevor Bauer's name? We do. We do. He immediately fixes all of your problems from the pitching standpoint. I'm going to I'm gonna address the first part of that statement, and I'm going to be nice. I realize that not everybody listens 24-7. I wish that was the case. I wish you heard every moment of every show. We certainly love the people that tune in 2 to 6 or catch us on the podcast, which is available at 101ESPN.com uh, or on your 101ESPN mobile app brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. <laughs> Having said that, since you are unlikely to hear all the time you did you probably don't know that jamie rivers has brought up trevor bauer a fair amount and has made that same statement about hey you get some you get trevor bauer one year deal on the cheap because he's trying to rehab his image and rehab his value in major league baseball why not bring him in so we have talked about it it does make it does make some sense maybe the cardinals are that team that rolls the dice because of the, the spot that they're in We'll find, yeah, we'll it, see. It, it, maybe, Anthony, maybe. It, it doesn't feel like they're the organization that does that, but it is interesting. Look, not to delve too far into the Trevor Bauer thing, because honestly, I don't know every single detail of it. Yeah. I know this. I, I know that he, he missed time, but it, 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 it boy, he didn't go to jail. No. And actually, he, thinks, uh, he countersued, and I think that he did well. Uh-huh. Um, so, look, he, uh, he is an option, probably. I just wonder which team ends up go in that direction but it, it is an interesting thought for sure yes absolutely all right it's fast lane on 101 espn let's carry over the final three questions of our sports six oh. pack next we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn it's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over forty-two years. All right, time for the final three questions of the Sports Six. Back Brad Thompson filling in for Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Here is Andrew Marsh. Question number four. All right, gentlemen, from the 636, the PLL, also known as the Premier Lacrosse League. Naturally. Naturally. (laughs) Is considering a team for St. Louis. The rhythm. Do you think a lacrosse team could thrive in St. Louis I personally know nothing, but would still go. I know nothing. What does thrive mean? Uh, supported. Okay, well, like, what is the level of support? Uh, because the answer is no. Like, but I don't think it thrives anywhere. I don't know. Like, the here's the thing. The Battle Hawks, I would consider them thriving. Yeah, because it's a real sport. Hey, now. God dang it. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to do that. Of course they do. And it's a great. 
great activity. I and don't know one person that does, but, but it's they hard. do. It's very hard. There's yeah, a lot of good lacrosse players here. In darn right, there are Marsh. Lacrosse has picked up quite a bit over the years. That, that's just me not having knowledge of the sport. Never yeah. grew up playing it. Wasn't rich. Uh, but Fair. I, uh, I, I do think that St. Louis supports kind of anything that is here. Exactly. But I don't know what that means. Like, like at some point. You're going to stretch out your dollars. Mm-hmm. I doubt lacrosse is going to cost that much money. But if it's here, people will come. I, if it is a St. Louis-born anything, it, it has a chance. People will come, Ray. People will come, Ray. People will come. Who's in the PLL currently? Do we know this? Oh, yeah. There's um, the, the one team uh, with that star. Okay. We have the Archers, the yeah. Atlas, the Cannons, the Chaos. Oh, the Chaos. That's the Chrome. Cool. The Redwoods, hmm. the Water Dogs, and the Whip Snakes. Oh, the Whip, whip snakes. snakes. I forgot the Whip Snakes were still around. When did the this whip... league start? When did the league start or when did the Whip yeah. Snakes? The Whip Snakes came about when uh, the, uh, pocket, 20, the Pocket Snake went away. Okay, 2018. All right, well, it's about that time. And their season is probably going on <sighs> – soon yeah or yeah. it's in the middle of it or I it's mean, getting ready right? or, or it's got now, a little, little little bit of an off season one of those i'm here do. for it yeah today we're gonna do anthony we're gonna dig a little bit deeper into this okay i'm back on the show friday full show and i promise to have a more informed opinion of the pll i'm gonna dig into some of these other teams mm. by the way i'm a big fan of uh whatever the team has a dog the philly water dogs I uh, like their like their logo. I like the but, chaos. Uh, let me see what the, what the chaos look like. What is their thing? I don't know. Oh, I it's just... a scorpion, Anthony. Yeah, I'm in. The Carolina chaos. Yep. Okay. No, I, I could get behind this. And by the way, uh, I realize I haven't even checked the text line. I got a feeling there's some angry lacrosse people there. It is a very difficult sport, and when it is on TV, Anthony, I find myself actually watching it. Of course you do. So, how many bottles? Just like soccer. How many bottles in? Well, it just depends if I can bet on it, Anthony. Okay. Well, Brad, if if your PLL knowledge is anything like your PBA knowledge, I think the listeners are in for a real treat. Oh yeah. No, you're you're right. But you broke that down. One of them, uh, one of them is a passion. You know what I mean? That's for where sure. the PBA stuff comes in. It's not like to me the PBA stuff is, and that's obviously the Professional Bowlers Association mm-hmm. for the Uninitiated. To me, sometimes you have things that you follow, maybe not everybody's into. Uh, like, I've been watching the Bowling Across America. Uh, it's been very good. By the way, uh, they've got a Fox schedule. You can catch that on some main broadcasts, eight Fox broadcasts, uh, broadcast with the PBA. But, look, we could spend a whole hour on the PBA as well, but they have expanded, and uh, they have just got a great playoff structure, everything about it. Tom Clark is their commissioner. He's done a fine job, Anthony. Oh, yeah, certainly, Brad. Uh, you have taught me a lot about the uh, Professional Bowling League. Yeah. Association. Uh, don't forget. Association. Hey, the, the PBA Illinois Classic and the Missouri Classics are coming up next year. February 10th is the Illinois Classic. As everybody knows, that's in, in, in Mount Prospect. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in Springfield, that's where the Missouri Classic is. That's February 18th. It's never too early to start digging in on some of your favorite bowlers. Yeah, I, I, I have it down on my phone. I have a notification ready to go. Yeah, obviously. So you and I are going to go together. I'm in. We got a text from the 636. 
Love the interview with Chris Pronger the other night when he said his high school coach made him play lacrosse, and he said, I don't know what to do. And his coach said, all you need to do is spear people in the throat. Oh, that's good advice. Seemed okay. Oh, if that's the kind of advice we're giving out, boys, guess what we like, lacrosse. Absolutely. I think our guy Chris Long played lacrosse at Virginia, didn't he? Did he really? I think he did. I think he did. Oh, look, my my opinion is quickly changing. A could, lot like I, my I opinion was on Dick Allen out of Chapin, South Carolina. Anthony, mm. you know I wasn't a big Dick fan, but now, now that guy, are. dude, he's tearing it up in the PBA. Oh, so, yeah. look, I can be uh, I can oh, be He keeps swayed. that ball straight. Well, Unless he's curving it. He's always curving it, Anthony. There's no such thing as a straight ball when it comes to Dick. But I, I will say that his game has evolved over the last couple of years, right? So, uh, look, has he lost all of his hair uh, due to the fact that he's stressed out? Yeah. Does he have a creepy mustache? Of course. Does he have several cats at home? Chances are, yes. But his game has gotten better, and look, I think it's a culmination of all of those things. Well Don't said. get me started on Jesper's fencing because Sweden is coming in hard when it comes to the PBA. No doubt. Brad, great break down as always by the way our guy dan mclaughlin he's listening danny mac appreciate you he's going to be on uh, four to six tomorrow here in the fast lane it was the uh pronger interview that he did that uh he, he said he never had played coach just said slash him so danny mac had that had that that one-on-one with chris pronger dan's got all the great interviews man him and jay delsing they've got all the best interviews oh believe it yeah they're fantastic doing an awesome job so dan we'll talk to you tomorrow my man all right, we've got what's trending next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill to win a magical Polar Express staycation. Before your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brad Thompson with us for the next hour. Mandrew Marsh has got what's trending in the fast lane. All right, gentlemen, today I saw on the old Twitter sphere that Tyler Glasnow. Yes. Could be moved. Yes. Very soon. To the Cardinals? Well, maybe. Brad brought him up. Earlier, when we were talking some Cardinals baseball, I wanted to to get your guys' feel on this. If the Cardinals were to end up moving uh, or end up trading for Tyler Glasnow or just any pitcher in general when it comes to uh, acquiring a starter for in the offseason, are they more inclined to move pieces off their big league roster or would it be a prospect that is in Memphis right now? You look at Victor Scott, just won the gold glove. Yep. Could he be in the mix? So before we get into that aspect, because I'm interested, Brad, in your thoughts and what Marsh just asked us. But if I can open up a little bit when it comes to uh, irrational thinking, right? Okay. Now, Brad, I think that it's irrational that when you have had a, a bad um, – your, your resume is not great when it comes to drafting quarterbacks, right? Okay. You, okay. You're the Cleveland Browns. Or the Bears. Or the Bears. You keep drafting the wrong QB. I never understood the thought of, well, don't draft another QB. No, you don't have a quarterback. You have to keep dra- – you, you just – you have to keep swinging for the fences here. At some point, you think that you're going to get this one right. It's irrational 
to think that way. Correct. But when Marsh brings up the Tyler Glass now situation, part of me is thinking, don't trade again with the Rays. It's not going to end well. <laughs> like, it's irrational, right? But I feel as though that they might just pick your pocket again, and I, I don't know if I could stand stand for that. Yeah, the problem is if the, the Rays are one of those teams – where if you're in a conversation with them and they bring up a guy that you didn't even have on the radar that they want from your organization, you, you sh- probably just say no. Yeah, and then say, you start no. them. Say, not that guy, but you can have our best player. How about that? That seems, <laughs> that seems safer at this point. No, the, the interesting part with Glass now, we know this, the Rays, we'll just call them a fiscally prudent. We'll use that word again, Anthony. They're oh, a boy. prudent club we said when it comes to their finances. We said we're not no, I know. We we can use some of the other uh, prudent synonyms like uh, judicious or yeah. sagacious or shrewd or advisable, if right. you want. Uh, they're all of those things. Uh, but uh, they are a team that has not tended to spend that much money. He's paying $25 million next year, Anthony. That's the highest single-season uh, salary that they've ever had. So you do wonder if they want to do that. Now, the problem is they've got some other guys that are injured over there within their rotation, and uh, they still plan on competing, so they're going to need to get some arms back and probably big league-ready arms back if they're going to move Tyler Glass now. But he's a free agent after the year, too, so it would be it would just be one year of him. So I don't know if the Cardinals are necessarily a fit for him, mm-hmm. but obviously he makes uh, – to me, he makes any team better that he goes to. Yeah, no doubt. Again, though – you find out who the Rays want, and then you promote that player if he's in the minors. Then you start him every game next year. You think so? It's you just think a that's the play? Yeah. Yep. All right. Just well, listen. Look, it's worked out quite well for them in the past. No doubt. Now, uh, do you guys think overall that it, it's best practice for the Cardinals right now, regardless of of any trade to deal off the like for example uh bc we got this question the other day i think marsh threw it out okay if you if you were to trade from the big league roster you would free up a spot theoretically you would you would free up a spot regardless you know wh- whoever it may be you'd free up a spot on the big league roster to to make a deal is that would that be advantageous or is it just smarter to spend the money keep the offense completely intact including your bench right now, and say, that part's sold. We're good there. And and spend the money and go that route in free agency. Well, look, if, if it were cut and dry, I would just say the latter. I would just say, yeah, let's just go spend money in free agency. You don't have to touch your club, and then you can have all the pieces that you want. But we all know that it's not that simple. It's not that easy to be able to piece together something like that. So that's the hard part, right? So like the, the first part of the question is, would you rather deal off of your major league roster or deal from a prospect standpoint? Mm-hmm. It just depends on what the other team wants to get the player that you need to bring in. If they're looking for cost-controlled young players that are big league ready or have not hit arbitration yet, well, you're, look, you're dealing from a young asset set. Sure. They're looking for a potential superstar. That's a different, you know, different pool that you're going in. So there's no like one way to answer. You obviously want to keep as many talented players within your organization as you possibly can, but you also realize that all of these guys that you have at the big league level and at the minor league level, and there's plenty of depth at different positions. Now, we don't know how great this depth is going to be, but your middle infield's crowded. Your outfield is pretty crowded. You deal from areas where you end up having depth. It's about dealing the right piece and bringing in the right piece. Because generally, 
if even if you deal away something, let's call it Dylan Carlson, right? We'll just throw his name out. I know he's been bandied about different trade uh, trade rumors. If you deal Dylan Carlson away and then he goes somewhere else, he gets healthy and he ends up having some success. Do you care that he has success if the piece that you brought in because you dealt Carlson helps you win? No, not at all. I don't think so either. No. Like that's just that's a, a win-win baseball trade, right? That's honestly what you're hoping for out of all deals. That's why you make the deal. You're like, okay, we're going to give up something that. I mean, no, I guess let me let me rephrase. No, you want to fleece you everybody. You want to fleece everybody. Yes, I was thinking of it from like a our standpoint. You look at it and say, ah, it worked out for both teams. So no, if you're the Cardinals, you're like, yeah, no, we gave you crap and we we brought in gold. So, Brad, I caught myself mid thought there. So happens. Uh, yeah. I feel like hamster though, got back on the wheel. If if you're a GM, like you don't want to fleece everybody, right? Because then wouldn't other teams be less inclined to trade with you? It's kind of like the Red Sox and Mo for a while. Like any time, like after a while, I think the whoever was the GM for Boston at the time would say no anytime Mo called because he was he was fleecing the the Red Sox there for a while. John Lackey, that deal. Alan yeah, Craig. that worked out pretty well. Yeah, no, Craig he, was kind of damaged goods. He was damaged goods. Good player while he was here, but once he really? got hurt, once the foot injury occurred, he was just never the same player. Joe Kelly was still good, but you know that was kind of a fleecing. And then didn't he? Tra- did he wind up trading? What was the other deal? Was it Mujica, or did Mujica sign there for uh, as a free agent? I thought he dealt Mujica. I, I don't remember to be honest with you. I know there was another deal with Boston where you're like, well. The Red Sox aren't going to be picking up their phone when Mo calls. <laughs> Go ahead, Marsh. What else you got? Uh, yeah, last thing here. Jamison Williams from St. Louis plays for the Lions, Jamie's Detroit Lions, yes. apparently likes to combine his Oreo McFlurry with his cheeseburger. Thoughts mm-hmm. on that? So, like, <sighs> dipping the burger? No, he puts the McFlurry, opens the bun, puts the McFlurry yeah, inside. No. I understand the salt-sweet combo, but I wouldn't be going that route. I, it's a no for me, Brad. No, it's – it's I both of those items by themselves are very good. Mm-hmm. And they always say, don't knock it till you try it. Okay, they say True. that. Yeah. I'm knocking it. I'm knocking it knocking big it time. real <laughs> because, hard. Because, yeah, it just doesn't – those are not two things that combine. That's not like Thanksgiving dinner, Anthony, where everything on your plate – like yeah. I may put everything on my plate and then mm-hmm. all of it is going in one bite like and a savage. going in my mouth. Of course. Yes, of course. that's how I... But they're all, like, similar types of food. They're all dinner foods. Sure. They're all just going down at the same time. You're throwing a dessert into a meal. That, no. It's not for me. There's two kinds of people in the world. Uh, the, those that separate their Thanksgiving meal into, surp, like, almost yeah. compartments and eat, yep. you know, one at a time. One thing at a time, yeah. Yeah, like, like a psychopath. And uh, then there's guys like Brad and I who mix everything... You don't have to literally mix it all together, but you you make sure that you got the fork and it goes into the mashed potatoes. You get some corn in there. Then the turkey is the last thing to go on. Now you just get some mm. stuffing that sticks to the mash. and then, that's an easy stab exactly, at the bottom. Exactly. And then the Good turkey is stab. And then it, it all holds together, right? And you eat oh. it like a savage. And then you get the dressing and you put the gravy on top of everything. Gravy over everything. Marsh, everything. You get it. Everything. I don't care if the gravy's over the sweet potatoes. I don't care. It's going down the same hole. You're darn right it is. Yeah. But I'm actually impressed that he, in this case, actually was able to get a Oreo McFlurry because every time I go to McDonald's, those things are it. not available. Oh yeah, the ice the cream machines. Broken. The ice cream machines at uh, most 
Mickey D's are, are usually broken. I mm. think the staffers there are basically saying, I don't want to put up with this anymore. So we'll just call it, we'll just say it's broken. That's just my theory on it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, kids screaming for some ice is, cream. Because it's going to be hot fudge. The, uh, nope. It's broken. Anthony, is the McFlurry harder to make, uh, you know, at Mickey D's than like a soft serve cone? Like, is that, because I know there's like steps involved. Like, there's that machine that yeah, shakes it up. Yeah, they got the spoon. If the McFlurry's not working, if that machine's not working, is the soft serve not working too? Typically. I have okay. found that yeah, the hot fudge machine is rarely working. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know you're a big fudge guy. Well, Brad, when it's hot. No, I get it. And I over some it. ice cream. Yep. Who's Back not? There. That's right. Well said, Brad. It's the Fastland on 101 ESPN. If we're still on the air, we'll talk about how much the Cardinals uh, can really improve with Plan B, whatever Plan B is. What is Plan B? Their version of Plan B. Next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. this idea in the office earlier i'm gonna actually let you set it up because yeah. i want you to i want you to set up only because you but i want you to say it the way you did it in the office because you were kind of disgusted when you mentioned what the the set kind of the second option if the cardinals don't go out and impress by signing or trading for you know the top end pitching that they need Dot, okay. dot, dot. Say it the way you did it to me. Because you did have a little disgust in your voice. Okay, I can't remember what I said verbatim, but basically my thought process was, okay, let's say they don't go out and get an ace, the the ace that we expect them to, or at least the, that the fans do, and that they want them to get. Let's say they don't go that route. They get a, a few guys that are middle of the road and whatnot. Like how much different or how much better would the cards be compared to this past season, if they get the ace compared to if they just get, you know, middling of the road guys, like how much how much more can they improve? Right. Can they be a division winner? Can they be can they win the pennant? Like what does that look like? So Brad AKA he, plan B. Yeah. So Brad, he kind of said it it you're you said it similar, but it was more like a little bit more snark to it. Yeah. It's like Anthony, how did he say it earlier? <laughs> If the Cardinals don't get one of the top, you know, one of the top end guys, either through free agency or the trade, I mean, how much real, how much, how much more can they improve with like the Plan B? <laughs> like, how much, could, how much really can they improve? It was more rhetorical. Okay, no, you know? I understand that. Well, let's start with this one. Like uh, these th- pieces of crap can't really be any better. Nah, I didn't say that. No, that's, said, I, I added he said that. PSC. No, I he added that? it for flavor. Oh, well, no. not a good flavor. Um, I would think <laughs> – let me ask it this way, yeah. okay? Last year, if you had a bona fide ace, if you had a guy, are you – Going to the mall later. 500? <laughs> <laughs> are, are you a 500 ball club? Uh, yeah, Yes. No. no. No, you're not. Yes? Not just one guy. The one guy doesn't do that for you, does he? He does. The one guy yeah. doesn't anchor the entire staff and just make it. Come on, guys. Jump on my back. No, you're you're right. good now. Because the defense wasn't good either. 
Yeah, and just you didn't have enough quality depth. Like, True, I, but I still think that you need, as we've talked about, you weren't a good team last year. You weren't a good team, Brad. I threw. You were injured. We'll give you some of that, but sure. you also like you also placed a lot of bets that didn't cash. No. We talked about that plenty when it comes to guys in the rotation having bounce back years or being healthy, and then guys uh, in the outfield really solidifying things didn't happen. No, Brad. I'll also th- I'll also throw this out as well. We, we talk about the offense, and I do like the offense. Don't get me wrong. I do. I like what they have in place. If they roll out that same offense next year and Mason Wynn is your starter full-time at short and you can stay healthy and all that stuff, you know, Jordan Walker takes the next step. I like this offense a lot. But I, they don't get a free pass for what happened last year. You scored 719 runs. That, that only beat Pittsburgh inside the division. Who at a time, Anthony, was a juggernaut. So soon we forget. Okay. You know? So soon we forget. Remember early on, everybody's like, look at these guys. Yeah, they were good for a month. They did the Pirates thing. Your defense wasn't good enough. Your pitching wasn't good enough. So you're right. To to your overall point, Brad, you're right. One guy wasn't going to change the misfortunes of that team. They were destined for badness. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if all those bets that they cash worked and Tyler O'Neill looked like him in 2021 and Dylan Carlson made that big step forward and, uh, you, you know, all these things, your flarity was great for you. And all, if all those things worked out, yeah, you're a different ball club. Uh, they didn't. Now, very rarely, just like, like you never hit on all your bets, Anthony, you know this, you never just sit down at the blackjack table and you just like, boom, I can't lose. That doesn't, that doesn't happen very no. often. Very rarely do you sit down and you can never win at all like even a hand and that's what it felt like the cardinals had last year it's like hot damn like they must be somebody get a horseshoe and stick it somewhere right because they are not they they just have zero luck at this point i want to ask you this question anthony you said you like their you like their offense and i do too i like the pieces that they have in place we all know that they're anchored by their corners and they're anchored by Contreras offensively. So you have three known quantities within uh, within that lineup. Here's my question is, how much do you like this lineup if it doesn't have Newt, Donovan, or Gorman in it? Because those are three pieces. If you're looking to make a, a large trade yeah. to add a starting pitcher, you're not going to have at least one of those three guys, I would think. I think you can... I'm okay if you lose one of those guys, preferably not Gorman. Okay. Because you don't have young, cost control, lefty power, power Correct. bats within your organization. That is the more difficult thing to find than the the super utility guy, which you, I, I think, can uh, really you have produced an uh, abundance of those guys. Right? The Cardinals have had a knack for that. So preferably not Gorman. But I think you could survive if you give up one of those guys for the greater purpose, which, of course, is to bring in pitching, which you don't have. It's a fair question. One, you're okay with. Two, you're uneasy about. Three, well, now you're robbing Peter to pay Paul in some respects. And, again, it's so easy for us to, like, talk about adding players. Like, go trade for this guy. Go get that guy. And don't give up anything. It's easy to make the media guys fan give trade. Give up the players that's, I don't like to get one of the guys I do. That's Anthony, that's what's what it going to cost? Anthony, what's it going to cost for the player that you want? Tyler O'Neill. 
Oh, I thought you were just going to say prospects because oh, generally that's sorry. that's all it costs. Prospects, prospects. yeah, yeah, that's all it costs um, is prospects. Sorry, yeah, I was going down it costs the. More. Never mind, I was going a different no. route. Yeah, prospects. Arnado. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is, it is one of those things, Anthony, where like this is where and. There's a couple things that go into it. First of all, just building a ball club is very difficult, and that's why drafting and developing and having so much homegrown talent is incredibly important, and that's something that the Cardinals have had over the years. Um, but then there's also the concept of once bitten, twice shy, where you make a deal and it doesn't pan out your way, and then you get a little bit you know, potentially concerned about making another deal. That's a, a question, too. Like, mm-hmm. Let's say even if it's a deal for – we'll just throw out a name. We talked about some of the, the starters from – the Mariners a little bit earlier and we mentioned some of the young guys right Brian Wu Bryce Miller uh, Emerson Hancock but let's let's jump a little higher like let's say the Cardinals were able to make a deal and they brought in Logan Gilbert Logan Gilbert would obviously help this ball club in a pretty big way but does that help your ball club enough to be able to look at and say okay well we don't have Nolan Gorman anymore because that's probably going to be the cost of doing business How do you weigh those two things as an organization, or is it simply just a wash? Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure that there's an equation because there's an equation for everything in baseball, Anthony, yeah. to see if something ends up ends up panning out. I just don't think it's it's so easy for us to do. I wouldn't want to be in charge of making these decisions. No, it, you're right. It's tough, and then everything it, it everybody I'll take the paycheck. just paycheck. Well, yeah, sure. For sure. The scrutiny, though, which comes with the paycheck. I'll take it with the paycheck, yeah, actually. Yeah, you know, me too. But That's a good call. All right, we've got Everybody blues. hates you. Well, I'm going <laughs> to go cry in my mansion now. <laughs> I'm going to be swimming Scrooge McDuck style. Uh, don't swim, Anthony. You know what happens. Well, I'll pay for the damage done to be the face. a bigger face. pool, too, Exactly. Probably. No doubt. Yeah, I wouldn't even have walls. I don't think <laughs> pools exist that way. Joy Vitale is going to join us. It's called the ocean. Joy Vitale is going to join us next. We'll talk a little Blues Lightning here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Joey Vitale views things a little differently. Just imagine how he looks at hockey. Whoa! This is The View from Vitale, brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. BT in for Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Salter. Let's head to our 101 ESPN celebrity line. Talk to the man that you're going to hear pregame, during, and postgame for the Blues Radio Network, 101 ESPN. Joey Vitale. What's up, Joe? So, what's up, boys? And doing really good. I'm at the arena now, as you can hear in the background. So I'm going to talk as loud as I can. I hope it comes through okay for you. No, you sound great, Joe. Let's talk about the power play. So they snapped out of that one for 37 power play funk. They scored twice in the man of, with the man advantage against the Avalanche on Saturday. What did you see differently about the power play against the Avs that maybe you didn't see beforehand? You know, I think I think two things really stood out of that that team. Of course, we saw versus the Colorado Avalanche on the power play. And, and those two things were the way they attacked down low. Number one, at the goal line. And number two was the way they used it behind the net. I think at the beginning of the year, you know, as they were trying to get adjusted, a little bit new personnel with Kevin Hayes and different guys in the mix, Verona's on the power play. You know, a lot of up top, a lot of half wall, a lot of shots from the point. 
and I looked at that game the other day, and you look at Robert Thomas, the way he attacked at the goal line to find Buchnevich on the back door. Look at the way Jordan Cairo used behind the net. Goes behind the net, stops, attracts a lot of eyes to him, goes back against the fray, finds Thomas to set up, of course, Braden Chen for a power play goal there as well. So the one big adjustment I think they've, they've done is they've, they've used down low very well in two specific areas, attacking at the goal line and, and of course, you know, using behind the net. And they're going to need that tonight. You know, of course, it's had some success as of late on the road, uh, but still 0 for 18 in, in their home building, of course, this year on the power play. They've had overall success at home ice, but still looking for that first power play goal, so maybe it'll come tonight against this Lightning group. Yeah, Joey, as Anthony mentioned, that one for 37 skid that was snapped, and thank goodness. What is that like if, when you are one of the players, when you're on the power play, you know the struggles, you're, as, you're answering questions about it after every game, after every practice. How does that weigh on you when, they're out, when you're out there? Does that make you change your game at all when you're actually playing and going through it? Oh, listen, absolutely, BT. I mean, I've experienced it on a kill. I was never really a power play person, but – from a kill standpoint, especially my years in Arizona, we would just go out there almost like not a matter of if we're going to get scored, it's a matter of when we're going to get scored on. I mean, it's a bad feeling. I think for this Blues team, you know, they felt it as like, are we ever going to score a goal? And I think it, it really could eat away at you mentally. It's almost like when you and your wife are fighting, you know, and you know, you're, you're, you're battling, and then you come home from work and you walk in the house, you just know the energy is like, oh, boy, here we go again. Like, <laughs> Try not to try not to cross paths with her, and then every now and then you get the awkward awkward moment where you're both coming down the hallway at the same time, and you kind of like give each other the facts and just kind of keep on moving. It's kind of like that. You kind of step on the ice, and you're like, oh boy, here we go again, right? So emotionally, mentally, it can wear on you if you're not getting the success uh, that you're hoping for. And now with the Blues team, of course, you know, of course, scoring those two goals in Colorado against a very good kill group in Colorado, which is a tough place to win, guys. You know, I think that that hopefully is going to be the confidence boost this team needs. You know, look at the way Tory Krug, you know, three-point three point game streak right now for him. Uh, Braden Chen hat-trick, Luchnevich hat-trick. So they're starting to get some of their high-powered offensive guys going here a little bit. Uh, did start with the power play, and hopefully that'll kind of convert to tonight's game because they're going to need it. Joe Vitale will be on the call tonight for the Blues and the Lightning. The pregame starting in about 20 minutes or so right here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Joe, Pavel Buchnevich scored a hat trick in Colorado after scoring just one goal in his first 10 games. What does Pavel Buchnevich bring to this lineup that the Blues are lacking when he's not in it? You know, he brings a lot of, like, you know, t- intangible things on the ice. You know, he, we know he's a good 200-foot player maybe the best 200-foot player we have. I think he takes more pride defensively than offensively, and I think that that's in turn what produces for him offensively is the fact that he takes such good care of the D zone. You know, the way he battles, the way he's tenacious on pucks, um, he's a go-getter. And I think on the bench you see it, and it's an infectious uh, thing to see number 89 kind of burning up and down the ice. I think that's the first thing on the ice. You know, I think you know it's not talked about a lot, Salt, but I think it's important to note you know, Pavel Buchnevich's personality, I think it's really good for a team over an 82-game season. And what I mean by that is he can be a bit goofy. I think he's a player that doesn't take his life too seriously. I don't think he takes his business too seriously. When he steps on the ice, listen, he's a competitive little guy, don't get me wrong. Uh, but off the ice, he kind of he has a really good uh, disposition about him where, you know, he lowers the temperature of the room. I think with him and Kevin Hayes, it's so important to have these types of guys because these seasons are very long. And they go through these valleys, and you go through these losing streaks, and you need to have personalities like that that really do lower the temperature of the room and keep things light. Uh, so certainly we have it on the ice, and, and absolutely without question, Pavel Buchnevich does, does bring that kind of demeanor off the ice to, as well, which is really important. 
Joe, you broke down the adjustments on the power play really well, like easy even for a guy like me to understand. What about the adjustments overall in this offense? 22 goals now in the last five games, obviously eight of those against Colorado on the road, which is incredibly impressive, as you mentioned. Schematically, is there something different, or is it just the fact that it just took a while to get things rolling for these guys? You know, I think it took a little while, BT. I think the biggest thing, though, where we're seeing, you know, this Blues team over the last five games and averaging 4.6 goals a game, talking to Braden Shen, the captain, this morning, they're a multi-dimensional attacking group now. They're not just going to score off the rush. This is something they knew coming into this season they needed to do a much better job of. Last year, they prided themselves on attacking and scoring off the rush. But, you know, to do that and only that, you become a one-dimensional group. And once that kind of gets suffocated and taken away from your game, there's not a lot of other ways to score. So the one area they've gotten better at is, you know, getting chances and scoring off of offensive zone time. What do I mean by that? You chip it in, you have a relentless forecheck, you get it back, you two-on-one the defender, and all of a sudden you get the puck back, you go low to high, and, and we're in business. We're playing the offensive zone. And now, and now the other team is defending and trying to keep us to the outside. Uh, you do that over and over and over, you're going to wear the other team down. You're going to draw penalties. You're going to find yourself on the power play. Uh, and you just become a, a more multidimensional group where you can not only score off the rush, but you're going to score off offensive zone time there as well. I think they knew that coming into this season, that they had to become more of a, a team like that. It just took a little bit of time because you went from a, a transition of last year being a team that would score off the rush, but now this has become more of a heavy team, taking a lot of pride, of course, in the offensive zone, which has led to a lot of goals. Joe, before we let you go, one thing that you're looking forward to ahead of tonight's game. The biggest thing I would say, the Blues have got to say this, and, and if they continue to trend in the right way, uh, that would be a good thing. Because right now, there's the least penalized team in the National Hockey League, uh, which is huge. You know, Craig Brewery talks about it all the time. Keep your feet moving, keep your sticks down. If you do those two things, for any young hockey player out there, if you do those two things and those two things only, you're going to find yourself in a good spot. Keep your feet moving and keep your sticks down. This Blues team has done a very good job of those two things. They're the least penalized team in the league. And you look at the way this Tampa Bay Lightning team can go with their skill of Samkos and Kucherov. Uh, they're exceptional in the power play. I mean, Stephen Samkos next to Alice Ovechkin, maybe one of the best one-time right-handed shots in the National Hockey League. Kucherov, of course, a very uh, uh, deceptive passer and shooter as well. So you want to figure out a way to keep this high-end skill off the ice as much as possible and keep it to five-on-five all night long. Joe, great stuff, man. Looking forward to more breakdown from you and the guys in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, Again, looking forward to it. So we'll, we'll listen in then. Thanks, Joe. Sounds good, boys. You guys have a great week. You too. Joe Vitale alongside Chris Kerber tonight for the Blues and the Lightning right here on 101 ESPN. Anthony. Yes, sir. Real quick. Uh, Joey always does such a great job of breaking things down in a way that you can understand. And I love how he brings in like real world scenarios. (laughs) Yeah. And today was the first one, Anthony, where I just I just didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah. I don't understand. Right. He's like 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 a, a like an argument or sure. a fight with your wife. Just never felt that. I, I've not, yeah. I I don't get what he's talking about. Well, so. I, I think some do, and that's the point, Brad. But um, okay, yeah, we're fortunate that we do not. Golly, lucky us, right? Yeah, no kidding. Yep. Golly, lucky them, really. We're blessed, that's for sure. What's uh, what you missed? I'm in trouble now. Criticisms, compliments next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
If you missed anything from today's show, you can always download the podcast available at 101ESPN.com or your 101 ESPN mobile app. All brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Jamie Rivers with us the first two hours of the show before he left and uh, BT took over. So second half of the show, spent a lot of time talking about your Cardinals. First half, we mixed in some blues and some NFL and uh, overall just had a great time today. So appreciate everybody listening. Marsh, what do you got for criticisms and compliments? Yeah, we got one from TPS. It says, great show, you blankers. Yes. Love ya. Yeah. I you know like, how to get things read around here. Yeah. I just think they meant it when they called us blankers. I think that's yeah. great. Yes. It's like yeah. a term of endearment. No doubt. Yeah. It really is. So thank you. That's what uh, I tell my kids. Yep. means I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when they're crying. Yeah. How could you call me that? Like, because, hey. because they can't start a dog training facility at our house that was today's i was telling anthony during a break my daughter is seven years old and the sweetest can be it's like a really like cool idea she yeah. got a book like training dogs uh, about training dogs because we have a you know newer dog mm-hmm. but her and her friend decided that that's what they're going to do like they're going to start a whole dog training facility at our house and when my wife broke the news that she can't do that <laughs> it, it didn't go so well well brad why, was, now why why couldn't she do that though a few things um overall knowledge is is one <laughs> I mentioned she's seven. She got the book. Um, probably, like, legally, I mean, there's a good chance. Yeah. I, I don't know how yeah, many people are going to be like, boy, their like their rates are good. I guess we'll drop it off to two seven-year-olds. Right. I, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't. I just think that the business plan needs a little bit more help. But if anybody could do it, it's my daughter because, boy, she's a go-getter. Yeah. I like the idea. I so like it. And I love the fact that she's coming up with ideas. I think that's fantastic. No kidding. Just try a different idea. We'll just workshop it a little bit, you yeah. know, or maybe, like, hey, let's – not just read the book and think we've got it figured out, Doctor. Right. Let's let's, let's wait a little bit. Yeah. I she's think probably you guys driving home from piano right now. She's hearing this and she's crying again. I think you're doing you, great, babe. It's a great idea. I think you guys crushed her dreams. <laughs> I think that's the that's the major. Oh, no, I here. want her that's to keep. She wants to be a. Takeaway. She wants to be a veterinarian. I think it's a great a great idea. Mm-hmm. Well, you know how you start, right? She's gonna tell Dog the story. Training at seven. That's correct. <laughs> when she tells the story twenty years from now. She's going to say, you know what my parents did? They didn't crush my dreams by telling me I couldn't at seven Mm -hmm. years old uh, with a partner, no less, operate a dog training facility out of my parents' home. She's going to be like Caesar Milan in a couple of years. Exactly. We're the ones that held her back. (laughs) Exactly. She's on TV making millions. We get none of it. (laughs) I told you I could have done that when I was seven. And all she's doing is just going up to dogs going, Uh, we got a compliment for Anthony on the YouTube page brought to you by Airlines Team from Eric. Says Stalter looks like Bruce Wayne today. Oh, thank you. I did go with the uh, the all black look. That's good, uh, Anthony. And then said BT <laughs> always looks like Robin. Oh no, that that's well, not. you know, kind of a superhero. Yeah, kind little, of little. Just uh, you know, neither of bit. them really superheroes. No, you know, Batman and Rob not superheroes. Just what would you call them? Uh, really, uh, a wealthy Cape guy Crusaders. With, yeah, yeah, really brave men who fight uh, crime in Gotham City. So, are you saying that you have to have actual superpowers to by, be a superhero? By definition, so. yeah, you have to have superpowers. Absolutely. Technically, he's just a wealthy dude with a bad past that yeah. decided to put on. A suit mm-hmm. and fight 
crime. He really. Yeah, but the stuff that he does is is pretty super. Well, you it know? is. He, well, you know, but again, no superpowers. It's kind of like Iron Man. Iron Man's not a superhero. He's just a guy in a suit. That's incorrect. What oh, superpowers? Sh- super- super- what superpowers does Iron Man have? Uh, well, I don't know. Lasers for eyes. He can fly. I don't know if you know that. Superhuman strength is a pretty important one. Not like Superman. Uh, Superman well, has yeah, no. that. He has that within. He also literally has a kryptonite that is kryptonite. Like that's a. I'd rather just be the guy in the suit. Yeah. Just hmm. saying, Brad. Who actually had, like, that thing killed him, didn't it? Spoiler alert. <laughs> that thing that he had in his chest. <laughs> Turns out it's not healthy for you. The death of Superman. <laughs> uh, Turns out I can't have that right there in the chest. <laughs> Is this bad? <laughs> You're lighting up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> not good. <laughs> uh, Matt. <laughs> Have you seen? You don't watch. You don't watch Family Guy, Anthony. I don't think as I, much I as I, seen I, it I in used a long to. Time. There was one where where Rudolph, uh, Rudolph, like they do these little snap, like flashbacks mm. or whatever. And it's Rudolph in the doctor's office, and uh, the doctor goes, "You have a tumor." They talk about his <laughs> yes, nose. I've He's seen like, that. like a special <laughs> Christmas tumor. No, like, you're gonna die. <laughs> I have seen that. <laughs> oh, gee, <laughs> it's awful. Uh, and then Eric also said that uh, while you guys look like Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, and <laughs> and BT looks like Robin, I am Alfred. That's, that's I mean, just, we're not even close. I don't know. I just feel like the age difference is a little different. I just, yeah. that is, that is hard, because Alfred's the older guy, right? Alfred, yeah, yeah. Alfred's He's the, the butler. butler. So I just watched yesterday, I, I think it's the newest Batman, it was the guy, what's his name? Rob Pattinson? I, don't know, I watched it, yes, I watched that one on my uh, my flight yesterday. I thought it was all right. It was Pretty okay. Good. I don't think I would have cast him, but the the movie itself was okay. I I don't. There's a new Batman. There's a new Batman with wow. Robert Pattinson as Batman. I don't know who Robert Pattinson is. Who he is? is uh, he's in Twilight. Nope. <laughs> he's the vampire guy. He's Twilight. the vampire. Nope. <laughs> he would um, be like the last guy you think they'd cast as Batman. Okay. You would recognize him if you saw him. All right. So the la- I think the last Batman I saw was one with Bane. Yeah, that would be Christian Bale's Dark Batman. Knight. Yeah. yeah, Dark Knight Rises with Bane. Ooh. I was, I was born in the dark. You were merely adopted by it. Mm. <laughs> what, uh. what an awesome! Nailed character. it, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> what an awesome what character! Uh, congratulations to Skip Schumacher. Yes. Former Cardinal, former Cardinal bench coach. Yeah, NL Manager of the Year. Yes. Nice sure job, Skip. people on the uh, text line are just congratulating I'm him. I'm sure that's just all they're saying. Him. Is just congratulating him. As they should be. Congratulations, Skip. Really good dude. Really good dude. He's the best. Uh, yeah, incredible honor. What a job he did with that ball club. That no was, kidding. Uh, super impressive. Congrats to him. Yeah, because he had a lot of moving parts. He had some good pitching, but it was young pitching. He had some decent hitters, but they were young hitters. Well, he also, you think about it like next level, too. He also probably had a front office that was a little dysfunctional if yeah, Kim Ng no just decides to walk away after, after this year. So, yeah, what a job. Yeah, no doubt. Um, by the way, Anthony, have you seen Harry Potter, any of the Harry Potter movies? No. All right. Gonna leave it at that then. Is he Harry Potter? I've seen like, he I haven't seen the Harry movies. Potter. Okay, because that, I would not. I would not think Harry Potter would make a good Batman like that actor, but no. Didn't he? Didn't that actor though? I forget his name, but didn't he like get like buffed up for some role or something? 
Uh, Daniel Radcliffe is his name. Okay, mm. David Radcliffe. Daniel. Daniel. Oh, that's what I said. Yeah, David's that's his brother. Said. Yeah, David's his brother. <laughs> He's been in other movies. God, this is how much I do sports, Anthony. I tried to figure out what Daniel Radcliffe was in, but I typed in Daniel Radcliffe stats. That's not it. <laughs> for Brad, That's not right. For Brad Thompson and Andrew Marsham, Anthony Soldier, you got Blues pregame starting right now. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.